It's the Infinite Podcast. Go tell your friends. It's the Infinite Podcast. Oh my God, it never ends. It's the Infinite Podcast with Robin Cork the Kill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Project Infinite Podcast, the podcast covering the infinite and ever-expanding multiverse of fandom from movies, comics, TV shows, video games. We got you covered. I'm Rob. I'm here, as always, with Court. Court, it's time for a good old-fashioned review episode. Yep, we're finally talking about Daredevil seasons one through three. I mean, maybe. In some in some form or fashion, this episode, we might be. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, yeah, but we're going to talk about uh, the newest MCU show that mercifully we got all at once so we don't have to pad for five weeks Mm -hmm. before we talk about the whole season um uh echo echo has released on disney plus the uh i will say i'll say it was much anticipated because of the conceit that it's under the marvel spotlight banner Mm -hmm. um this kind of offshoot i guess of marvel studios um that's going to be more Character focused, more, you know, uh, mature, um, and more kind of not tied to the greater universe. And I think the show kind of succeeds in pretty much all that promise. I think, um, it's definitely a, a drastic content step for the Marvel stuff. Um, definitely more mature, definitely more kind of down to earth, um, for a bit, <laughs> um, and then and then delves into some some wackiness um, that that we'll talk about, and then we're also going to touch upon what if, which um, came out across the like Christmas holiday, right? Um, not all at once; it was just like every day, right? Yeah, it was every, every day. day. Was one episode. one each day was a new release. I didn't watch them one a day. I watched them all at once yesterday. Same, same. <laughs> I watched everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> um, so before we talk about, all, we'll probably we'll talk about what at first. Um, that'll be a bit more of a abridged kind of review. We'll just kind of bounce around episode to episode, mm-hmm. kind of talk about what we liked, what didn't, etc. I've I've kind of a gimmick to throw at you for for this that I didn't prep you for. Uh-oh. So that's exciting. Um, but first, we do have two bits of news. Um, first and foremost, we talked a whole lot about Tom Cruise last week um, and his deal with Warner Brothers, and then and then they then they <laughs> then they finagled us, and they're yeah. like, um, actually, well, not um, actually, he's still doing the Warner Warner Brothers thing, but also yeah, he's going to do Jerry Maguire too. It's going to be a big deal. Oh, I, I can't wish. wait. I wish he was doing that, but no. Uh, Say the news, and then I have something. Top Gun Three is is a go. Yeah, well, a going mm-hmm. potentially. Um, so that's that's pretty neat. No, I think it's 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 something that I was nervous about, but I always I've, I'm a big proponent of this. If you're gonna do a sequel to something, it needs to be the original people, and that I will always live with. It either needs to be the original people or the blessing from the original people. Like those two things, I'll always be fine with. Um, you know, I think we talked about how we didn't want a sequel for this movie. Um, you know, and a little piece of me loves the finality of Top Gun, but you know, you want to talk stakes to add in. I think that's the perfect landscape to do that. Um, I think this also, and this is something that me and you talked about. I think this is going to be a huge elevation for Glenn Powell. And I think I can feel the rising power of Glenn Powell. I mean, they threw this guy in a in a rom com, like a throwback rom com. He's he's on the way. He's on the way. Well, who said the movie star was dead? 
but I can really see this being like a coming out party, like elevating Glenn Powell to like an A-list part of the movie, like him and I think this is going to be him and Miles Teller just kind of navigating their relationship. I think it's going to be a more complex relationship. You're saying a lot of there's a lot of coded language being thrown around here. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Oh, oh, it's like my Thor 5 take that have Hercules and Thor in a relationship. Yeah. You won't, you cowards. No, they won't. They won't. They won't. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, like I said, part of me is, didn't really want this sequel, but part of me is like, heck yeah, more Top Gun by Tom Cruise, by Joe Kaczynski, by Christopher McQuarrie. Like, that same team's there, then I'm, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Yeah, I mean, as we talked, we kind of talked about when Maverick came out. And then, like, a few weeks, well, months after the fact, like, we kind of, it became, like, a running a running story with us with, like, wait a second, Top Gun Maverick's still making money? And it made money for such a prolonged period of time, it became this kind of unsung billion-dollar blockbuster that nobody saw coming. And I felt, like, after all that happened, I felt like that this was the natural next step was that they were going to do a third one. Um which does have me a little nervous, but much like you, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that if everyone is back and everyone is in and they have an idea for it, great. Um, the only the only exception to that rule is Denis Villeneuve doing Blade Runner 2049. That's the only one that was fine, that didn't need any plucking from anybody because he was going to ball out anyway. Yeah, so I, like I said, if they think they have a story nailed down and obviously you get Tom Cruise back to do it, this the last one made a billion dollars, so... Yeah. Not only did it make a billion dollars, it was the quote-unquote movie that saved the movie theater experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this movie would be, it's, it's going to be highly touted. I don't know. It's something about the fact that, you know, obviously Glenn Powell's in this new movie Hitman that we're going to see at some point this movie with Richard Linklater. Miles Teller is Miles Teller. Um, I just, I have a feeling that they're going to try to do a do a remix on, you know, Goose and Maverick and try to modernize it with, or, sorry, not Goose and Maverick, Goose and Iceman, or Goose and Iceman. Um you know, even so, but with Maverick and Iceman for you know for for Hangman and and Rooster. Yeah, it does. It it just does make me wonder a little bit because I feel like Top Gun Maverick was this surprise, mm-hmm. and now this like whatever this third movie is will not have that element of surprise to it that Maverick had. So I'm a little interested to see uh, how the how the critical paradigm shifts in light of that. You, you know, know, this, you know what this might play, play as it might play as the John wick franchise where they're so technically For sound sure. yeah, and you know, it, it's just so refined. And then obviously this is the importance of having Christopher McQuarrie there. And you see this in mission impossible, um, narrative and emotional narrative wise, he's super strong and it's not just narrative. It's, it's the narrative in action, I think is where Christopher McQuarrie shines. So the team that they put together, I think Joe Kaczynski is like a solid glue piece. Like he understands how to direct action incredibly well. And he knows how to like, it's kind of like having a star player on a sports team with a coach. That's like, look, I know who you are. Like, I know you're better than everybody else. I'm here to help you. And I'm here to fill in the gaps for you and get you talent around you. That's what I'm here for. And that's what Kaczynski feels like. And Christopher McQuarrie feels like a 
almost like a like a GM at this point. Like, I, let me try to bring in talent from around Hollywood to try to, you know, round you out. Um, there's probably going to be, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if a A-list actor also tries to join this movie. I feel like this would be a good place for them, too. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good stuff. At the end of the day, it's just, you know, we get a sequel to one of my favorite movies over the last couple of years. And yeah, it's, I think it's a win. Both of us agree. And you can go back and listen to our review of just how kind of shocked and mm-hmm. forward we were by just how good that movie was. Yeah. I think the John Wick point is a really, really good one by you because we talked about in our John Wick review how it kind of shifted or kind of bucked this idea that, that things deteriorate over time where like John Wick, it feels like from one to two to mm-hmm. three to four it's still kind of crescendoing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, four, I guess, if you want to say John McFour is the, is like that tipping point. Right. And maybe now we hit that crescendo point, but, um, before then it hadn't really happened. Right. Um, then, you know, I would not be surprised if Top Gun is able to follow that. And yeah. this third movie is even better than Maverick, which would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then our second bit of news. So, um, we, you, you mentioned Daredevil. Speak, speak his name and he shall appear. Mm-hmm. So we talked about over the last couple of weeks of this kind of rebuilding going on at Marvel Studios and Daredevil Born Again was one of those um, rebuilding projects, essentially, um, where, you know, things... We'll never really know, I guess, um, what the original story was or is behind that show. Um, but whatever it was, it was not good. <laughs> right. Um and two of two of the reasons that people were already skeptical is that Deborah N. Wall and Eldon Hansen would apparently not be returning. And people were like, that doesn't make any right. sense. Like, you're going to bring back Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, but you're not going to bring back these other characters, yeah. or you're going to recast them. And you know, it's and- funny you say that, and this is going to lead into the Echo review as well. And it's the importance of why your side characters are so integral to narrative and why, Mm -hmm. you know, they have to bounce and play off of your main characters so well. And I was, you know, obviously I'm obsessed with this daredevil show. So I watch it every once in a while and they are magnificent. Um, You know, specifically Deborah Ann Wall is, you know, she is magnetic and she's just she got her own episode she got her three. own episode and you know the fear around that was a couple shows had tried that i mean specifically the most infamous one was the stranger things and not anthology but the stranger things um backdoor spinoff right thing. that never happened um but then you know her episode in daredevil season three was so so important and it's not important for it was important, important plot wise, but it's it's character wise and why she is the way that she is at this point too. It's just it was it was awesome, and I'm just so glad that they retcon this. And also in Echo's defense, I do think that you know what we got out of Echo does help this show uh, a little bit in just kind of the structuring this show and not narrative structure. I mean actual you know structure of how to build this show like what are you trying to build and i'm glad you know you see this with mahershala lee's blade like sometimes things need to crumb like need to be destroyed before they can be rebuilt properly so hopefully that's a win um both of them are back and back with reason i knew i think the original plan was they were going to be dead like they were going to be killed off like off screen and matt was going to have to deal with that and then matt wasn't going to suit up for five episodes like I just think all those things are wrong. Like those things yeah, we, don't. We've gone back to the drawing board. Um, the Punisher showrunner is now the showrunner for this Daredevil show. Um, 
first ever showrunner for a mm-hmm. Marvel series, right. um, as we as we discussed. Um, the Loki directors are are behind the camera. I love for it. this yep. Daredevil and show. That's great. And again, you're only as good, you know movies and TV, there's such this collaborative effort, and that's why that this might be the most important statement for it. You're only as good as your team, and the team that they seem to be building, and it is cast, and getting the two of them back in there is super important. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but Vincent D'Onofrio is, I mean, it's just the fact that he's just, he's always great. He never yeah. will have a lacking performance. Even in Hawkeye, where we didn't like the, I think we can agree, we didn't love him in Hawkeye I'll tell you, it wasn't Vincent D'Onofrio's fault, and if anything, he was—he felt like Kingpin in the, whole, in, the in Hawkeye. So, um, what they're building there seems—it seems much more core to what Daredevil is, and I think they are going to understand how important, how influential, influential the Netflix stuff was. Because I think the the plan was going to be we need to distance ourselves from the Netflix so it fits more into our Disney Plus mold. But but now. But I, I think mean, Loki Dis- helped with that too because yeah. Loki doesn't Loki doesn't necessarily feel like the rest of those shows either. And Disney Plus has since added the I mean they added the Netflix shows a mm-hmm. while ago, but now They're in within the last week they yeah. added them to the timeline, which mm-hmm. opens up a whole other um, avenue of possibilities. Right. I know. Um, I mean, John Bernthal has been more vocal in, in the past weeks about he, talking about the Punisher. He, he's he is in Daredevil: Born Again anyway, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I think the smart thing to do is just make sure he gets his show. Like, lock down John Berthold because he's one of the best actors on the planet. And it so. just feels like with them totally revamping this Daredevil thing, from him showing up in Spider-Man Night Home to him showing up in Echo to Kingpin kind of being all over the place, it does feel like that this Daredevil thing is going to be some type of cornerstone for some type of thing that they're setting up. Yeah, and I think this is all going to come to a head in Spider-Man 4. I think there's discussion around it that we need they they're probably like we need to maneuver it in a way where a it takes a little bit of that Netflix influence b we get everybody back to a capacity where and the most the person that needs to be redeemed the most is Danny Rand and that's a point I'm going to make in a second but you know we need to get them back into a place where it's it's they were there the whole time like on paper they, and that's you know a move is like outside universe like put it just putting them in the timeline order that's going to help with a little bit um you know some people might th- never seen the MCU now it's going to help a little bit like, okay now here's these shows that are canon to the MCU yep and then you know what they might do is like if I'm them, my second move is I'm doing that Heroes for Hire show, but I'm going full send on who Danny Rand and Luke Cage are. Like, I'm making sure, especially Danny, because I still like the idea that the second Shang-Chi movie, you do, you have Shang-Chi's uh, mother's realm be one, one of the capital cities, and you do Danny Rand tried and true, and have this be, um, what's his name? You have, uh, what's, what's uh, Danny Rand's real name? Finn Jones. Finn Jones. You have this. This needs to be like the Finn Jones is back and he's the best he's ever been. Like, no, no, this isn't like Danny Rand, corporate Danny Rand that walks around shoeless. And the, no, no, no. This is like the Iron Fist. Like, go get, I forget who it was that did the Immortal Iron Fist run, but like, pick that book up and do exactly what that book does because that's the best that Iron Fist has been. Like, just do that. Stay tried and true. Um, I just watched that Heroes for Hire episode. We talked about it. It's so incredible. And Luke Cage season two, it's like, it, but it's so simple it's not complicated he's fully formed of himself he's fully aware of himself and he's confident in his abilities and just him working off of luke it's like you can get a whole show off of that on disney plus and people would watch that i agree get jessica jones back in there too oh, yeah i mean getting krista rudder in is a layup yeah um she's magnificent mm-hmm. as jessica jones and i think there's a lot of i think you know 
we didn't really see her interact with a lot of characters other than her own characters besides Defenders. Right. And I thought she was one of the strongest points of that entire mm-hmm. miniseries was her, especially her and Daredevil. Yeah, yep. Because um, they have a, such a great natural point of contention with mm-hmm. one another where he's all kind of like gung-ho about being a vigilante and she's like, uh And also, <laughs> you know, every aspect of their life because... Yeah. Their jobs are much like they they do have to a bit of contest because he's a you know he's a defense attorney and her whole thing is like she's I don't, a private eye. She, I'm a private intellectual. Like if I need to find something, I'll just find it outside of like the law. He's a Catholic. She's a drunk. drunk yep. It's it's so good. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah. He wears a mask. She wears a leather jacket. Right. It's they do. It, it is really great how they bounce off one another. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that Deborah Ann Waller and Elvin Hansen are back. Like I said, I think it signals this importance of nailing this Daredevil show. Yeah. Um, especially going forward. Yeah, and the rumor is that Muse is going to be the villain. Muse is a newer, much newer Daredevil villain. I mean, the what Chip Zdarsky did with Daredevil from, what was that, from 2019 to 2023 was just... Absolutely. I mean, it set up the whole Devil's Reign thing with Fisk like that. Like it made Daredevil into an event chapter in the MCU, like a huge event. And, you know, Mayor Fisk, the deletion of vigilantism, which I do think is going to be a big plot point in Spider-Man 4 if they if I think they're going to do what they're going to do, because I think they realize how popular Daredevil is and how popular Charlie Cox is like. I think they are going to do get him with Tom Holland in the movie and have Fisk be the main villain of this movie. Cause you could do your other things, but I just think this might play a little easier. Um, and then that finally gets Vincent D'Onofrio back as, you know, the tried and true Kingpin. Um, Spider-Man's now on the street. He's finally the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Perfect time to put him against the huge, like just a normal guy, like no powers, no mech suit, nothing like just a guy that's power hungry. Like this is like the, that's like that. It's like the DLCs in the Spider-Man PS PS4 and PS5 games. Like all this is is street level. Like this is a big aspect of Spider-Man's character. Yeah. So. And I do have a couple a couple Fisk things that that I'll bring up when we talk about him with Echo because I think I think the Daredevil thing is going to be a a big. We'll I will save it. We'll t- I'll talk about it in a little bit. Um. So short of that. We can jump right in. We can talk about What If. So, season two of What If, um, obviously a follow-up to last season, which gave us... What did last? What did season one of What If give us? So give us Captain Carter. Captain Carter. It gives you like what big things? What big things? Did I mean, it's one the of what it's the us? multiversal Avengers. That was the big. That's like the big huge thing that kind of you get T'Challa as Star Lord, which I, I I actually quite enjoyed that episode. The and I, I what I still think is one of my favorite episodes of live action anything in the MCU is the is the Doctor Strange kind of. Groundhog Day episode I thought was I, it's so good. You get Marvel Zombies that's which is going to play later um, and then obviously you get Infinite Ultron and then you get the the infamous Multiversal Avengers. Yeah. So then we get season two. Um, so basically how I wanted to do this was I'm going to... Oh yeah, you're, you, got, you got I do have a gimmick. I got a gimmick. So I was going to say, I'm going to give you the name of the episode and then we're going to just take we're going to pick one word to describe that episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can uh, we can dive into them a little bit after that. So season two, episode one. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Poetic. Hmm. Interesting. Surprisingly poetic. That episode was. Yeah, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say 
fascinating. Yeah, I I was so much more emotionally invested in that might have been the most emotionally invested I'd been in any of these episodes outside the season one Doctor Strange episode. Like it and it, it's such a good way to start because it plays on the whole fact like there needs to be substance to the things that you do. Um, you know, that's one of like that's one of the things like I let's just take She Hulk for example. Like I think that was one of my issues. Like I'm lacking some sort of substance from around and like it immediately is engagement in Nebula, engagement in Xandar. Like there's there's sad things happening. It's a bit somber almost, but there's like that little bit like piece of hope that they tug on until you get to the end of the episode. It's just it was a surprise. It was like a it was a surprisingly poetic episode of of, of Marvel television. Yeah, it was, that was fascinating to me because um, it obviously draws heavy inspiration from Blade Runner. Um, right, mm-hmm. definitely draws felt. Felt very Andory. It felt it, it felt like this like eighties <laughs> landscape. Like I can't explain it. Like it was just there was something about this episode that I just really clung on to and really enjoyed. Yeah, and I love this idea that like Nebula so you know, quick synopsis, Nebula uh Ronan kills Thanos. Mm-hmm. Thanos is again continues to be the Kenny of the We're gonna of the Marvel there's universe. more of that in the season too. Yeah. Yeah, so Ronan kills Thanos, um, leaves Nebula for dead. She's rescued by the Nova Corps, and she essentially grows up mm-hmm. in the Nova Corps, becomes becomes a corpsman, and she really tethers herself to the to the ideals of the Nova Corps. Like, yeah, she's she like gives her purpose. It's such a good hero's journey too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the you know like the classic story circle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she fits that probably some of the best I'd seen. Like, yeah, and and you know. I feel like when they bring in the live action actors for these things, mm-hmm. it can be hit or miss. Um, but I thought Karen Gillan did yep. a really, really nice she job. She might have been my favorite out of this season too. Uh, for she's up there. Yeah, she's she's, up there she's for me. really great. Um, surprise, Jude Law appearance. Yeah, yeah, Jude Law. I, kill, I I actually couldn't believe that Jude Law did that. I was very, very. <laughs> he surprised. returns as Yon Rog, who uh, double, maybe his conceit was just like I'll voice this, but I get to get my own Star Wars show, and then they <laughs> gave it to him. Um, so he double crosses her. Mm-hmm. Also double crossing her is is the uh Nova, Nova Prime. Prime, yeah. And what's her name is not back. No, Glenn Close, no. <laughs> they should Glenn Close should have done it. What are um, you doing right now, Glenn Close? But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty neat episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a good start. Like that's a good yeah. way to start the season. Yep. Um episode two. Hmm. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? One word to describe that episode. Um can I do a hyphen? Sure. Uh no, no, no. I'm gonna give you this. Um, what, what about, what about this? G- give me your word. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. That's good. Cause the eighties are great. Not just the eighties, but a time in the Marvel cinematic universe where villains make villains great again. Make, oh, <laughs> make villains great again. Cause, uh, ego we, is Kurt Russell, man. Kurt Russell is <laughs> Kurt Russell's cooking on Amazon or he's cooking on Apple TV right now with his, with his son. Kurt Russell, man, what a performance yeah. out of him reminded me of just like, Ego, man, one of the best villains we've ever got in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, the whole they basically do Guardians 2 again, but just attack it from a slightly different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was like if the Guardians and the Avengers mixed and had a movie together earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, my only, my only, and it's going to, I'm going to, I'll save the question for the end of the episode, but, or the end of the recap, but, um, it was. I was surprised with how how well that all worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Surprise! Sur- again, surprise performance. Lawrence Fishburne is in this one. Oh yeah, because <laughs> we had saved that. Like, who the, who's the MVP of the season? Um, can I give you a statement instead of a word for sure. this episode? Sure. Um, it's never too late to persevere. Because I think that Peter understands that. I think that Hank understands that. Michael that was Douglas, Michael Douglas. I think that him. was an important thing that happened for him to see this kid. It's never. It's it's almost like it's never too late to start. Bucky also has to deal with that. It's never too late this to is start a great over. Bucky episode. This is an. It was my I texted you immediately. I was like, this is. I don't know why I I loved what they did with Bucky in this episode because you know. I think that who was it that knew? I think Peggy and Peggy and Howard kind of knew that that was Bucky. Like they had a feeling that it was Bucky that whole time, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. They were he he's like this. I, what did I say? I, I was just like, it's like Russia. It's like when you get a loan in soccer. Like they just they loaned him out. <laughs> Russia just lent us the Winter Soldier for a game. He's on a ten day contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I, the first I think the first two episodes of this season two were pretty up there i think they were pretty yeah, they were, high standards they felt pretty focused yeah, um, that's a great way to put it they did feel very focused they felt very focused and i enjoyed the i loved the resolutions of both of them i think um especially this one with you know again michael douglas man i think i thought he put up one of the best performances of anyone in season one when mm-hmm. they did the what if ant-man was a lunatic yeah. killing all the oh, Avengers. Yeah. um i thought michael douglas was great in that and it just it it pains me in a way that he's so good because I'm like, shoot! Imagine if I, he was able to be. I just thought just Ant Man like that a couple times in the MCU because like nothing against Paul Rudd. No, 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 no. But it's it's two different versions. That's why yeah. it's nothing against Paul Rudd. It's two because. I mean, I had my idea. This was back, 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 way, way, way before this podcast was incepted. But I always had my idea of you, not de-age, but you find two younger actors and you put, you know, Hank and uh, Janet through the quantum realm. And then they come out with two, like, A-list actors come out of the other end. And you're just like, well, now you have your Hank and Janet for the for the MCU now. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of a lot of stuff. Zach Schneider would have done that. (laughs) There's just a lot of stuff with that with Hank Pym. And I think, you know across all of his performances as Hank Pym, besides Ant-Man Quantumania, where, where we talked about it, he just becomes crazy ant person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, crazy grandpa. He's just yeah, crazy I think, grandpa. I think there's a lot there with that character, and I think he plays it so well, both in live action and in animation. There's that, like, like this brokenness that gets sort of solved, and then he needs to solve that. I really... It's like stuff that you would expect out of the live action stuff that yeah. doesn't get and delved I regret, into. And I regret... You know, it's kind of... It's just unfortunate that, you know, he's the age that he is and is not able to fully explore that yeah. <laughs> um, as Hank Pym. I also like the the Hope and Peter stuff. Again, it felt very, like, 80s movie. Like, that's exactly how it felt. And we still got the... Uh, they still gave us the, the Guardians 2 twist <sighs> of Ego saying that he killed Peter's mom. And again, and I love how some things are constants. Like, that's still, like, you... What? <laughs> like, uh, also, T'Chaka, too, yes. the V also was great. And, like, I love how he played almost like this, like job done but i i'm gonna i'm i'm a little bit more fun than t'challa is like i'm yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a bit more fun um loves love thor and mm-hmm. pretty much all of these it's great it's great it's good stuff they kind of returned returned thor to that thor uh, like the kenneth brana thor one yes, they did. Uh, thor. Uh, across a bunch of episodes because he's, that, he's in, yeah. th- that thor is just business like it's all business i'm mm-hmm. disillusioned by odin like i'm just a very straightforward person yep and we get a little more of that in an episode a little bit later um episode three 
It's a Christ- Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? My word for this was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my word for this is hammer. Yes, that's a because great Because when you ask me at the end who the MVP of all of What If Season 2, it is just it is Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer because he is outstanding. And why can't we, we... This is the villain we need back in live action in the MCU. Yes, I agree. 100% Make him the main agree. villain of Armor Wars. Like, I don't think that's a... Because it's going to be Alden Einreich. It's probably going to be Obadiah staying stunned. Have the two of them freaking team up and... Mess with, mess with, you know, I'm, I'm, again, this was another, another one that, you know, much like, much like Ego reminded Mm -hmm. me of in the last one. This also reminded me, like, man, Justin Hammer was just, sometimes you just need a villain that's just fun to root against. I can't believe that we're saying this as if we weren't saying when these movies were coming out, what's wrong with the villains in the MCU? And now we're like, we, do we miss them? Well, the problem with Iron Man 2 is that Justin Hammer isn't the villain. He, he isn't the main villain. That's the, that's the, that is the biggest issue. <laughs> the it should have just been him. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, you need Or a, it should have just been Mickey Rourke, but I don't know how that plays. You need a Weasley little guy in a suit that you just want to snap his little neck, mm-hmm. but you can't get to him yeah. because he's so, he's, he's just, so Weasley. <laughs> but yeah, that's, like, the best kind of villain. It's, like, not the necessarily, like, formidable ones, but the ones that, like, they keep just slipping so through annoying. your hands. They're so annoying, and... Well, that's how I think they're going to play Maxwell Lord in, in the, um, in the DCU as well. Like, just that, like, annoying, man. like... It's a great archetype. Um, what did you make of uh, Happy Hogan becoming the freak? I, I think you said it best. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it, this was the Christmas episode. It's... Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. I, I liked it. Um, Kat Dennings came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was putting up numbers. She was doing pretty good. Colby Smulders came back for a bit as Maria Hill, which I quite liked. Um, all right. Episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? You want to know what my word is? DLC. DLC is good. Uh, my word's going to be shenanigans, because that's putting... putting. And this is the only time I wish that Robert Downey Jr. would have been I there. I thought the same exact just thing. Just because Robert Downey Jr. and Jeff Goldblum going at it would have been... You read my mind. Absolute money. You read my mind. would have been great. Watch that whole episode going, man, I wish Downey did this. Um, but yeah, this is DLC. It's 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 a continuation of season one. It's uh, the lost episode of season one, mm-hmm. essentially, that they kind of re- repackaged... As a season two episode, we get to find out um, how Gamora got to be on the multiversal Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she did just show up and yeah, and... Uh, they did a they did a big Mad Max, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically in this. Um, Goldblum is outstanding. Mm-hmm. He's he's his he's 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 his best Goldblum in this. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it, it, it it's it's awesome. Um, Couple cool things. Gamora, I liked. I did like the kind of arc that her and Tony go on, um, where like he's, you know, even though like I don't know. Did you feel like I'm diving into this animated show way too much? Did you feel like he kind of like accelerated his character arc a little bit for Tony? Yeah, because this is Tony fresh off Avengers one. Well, I mean, it's it's like the radicalization of like, and then because, he was, all, and then he was just kind of like, no, I'm a hero, and I'm doing. The well, right it's thing. like it's almost like a remix on like the whole Age of Ultron arc because the Age of Ultron arc yeah. because it's like the Age of Ultron arc, in my opinion, is like an amalgamation of like the the fear of the end of the Avengers. It's like the triumphant fear, if that makes sense. Like the it's kind of like a you know an undue statement, but the you know that fear of you know. What if this happens again, mixed with the Iron Man 3, like, 
well, you know, I'm going to try to protect what I have. He lost what he had. He lost, he did lose pepper and he like, and the conceit was like, well, now I can't get back. So like, it was kind of like an ex, but it all happens in the second half of a 30 minute episode. So you have 15 minutes for like yeah. years of development, but that only takes place in so long in that episode. Yeah. And, uh, Thanos dies again. Thanos does die again. <laughs> Gamora kills him. Why is, is that just the running joke? Like, it must be, right? They had to have like had a dartboard in the studio, and they were just like, what's the funniest plot thread we can pull on for the whole season? And somebody wrote, what if Thanos just, like, outside of 616, Thanos is weak. I thought Thanos was weak. Kill Thanos. I'm going to save my girl. Um, so yeah, Thanos dies again. Iron Man becomes, he leaves Valkyrie in charge of Sakaar. Mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson came back yep. for, for a bit. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Yep, it's very Mad Max. It was very fun. I like that they remixed the Grandmasters contest to a race. That felt fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah, it was a, it was it was pretty good. I like that one. Um, episode five. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? My word is saturated <laughs> because what is this character? <laughs> My. My word is M- is phase four. Is that my statement? This feels very phase four. I don't know any other better way to put this. Like, it feels very I, out of place isn't the right thing, but it's like... I just don't know what this character is. You, you know, I think this... You know what this episode also is? I think this episode's also tonally off, because I feel like you should have played into the Winter Soldier aspect of that. Specifically with Peggy, you should have played into that even more. But then they took the, well, we're going to go full set... I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it in Echo for a little bit of things that don't fit for what we were promised. And also, because I'm going to take out episode three and four when I'm looking at this whole, like as a whole for a second, because episode three is a Christmas episode, so that's fine. And episode four takes place outside of everything that was happening. Like, to get episode one and two, and to me to have that investment, and then five just feels like a, like the train derailed just a little bit. Just a tab. Well, episode five starts the through line of right. the finale, right? Which will, which we're gonna start ramping up to essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's saturated. Like I feel like I feel like that first Captain Carter episode where we first see her in season one, I felt really did a great job of what makes why her being the super soldier is different from mm-hmm. Steve, and I feel like they kind of lost it a bit like i feel like now and what she continues to be for the rest of the season is just a british version of steve it's not it's even further than that in my opinion it's not only just this british version of steve she's just captain carter to get the name captain carter in there because they already sowed like they already planted the seed that like well now this is just british captain america like that's it that's all she is exactly like i feel like like the depth of her character is gone like there's no subtlety anymore Really, the first episode she's in really has this kind of she has this roguelike kind of uh, like Robin Hood esqueness mm-hmm. to her. In the first, like she's having a good time, she's flipping and mm-hmm. dipping with the shield, she's cracking jokes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I I like this kind of take mm-hmm. on it. That's and now, not Steve at all. That is not Steve. Right. And now I feel like you know with this episode and the subsequent one she's in, she's just Captain America. 
Like, she has the same ideals. She has the same, like... Abruptness of, abruptness. like... Of, like, we need to do the right thing to do the right... Like, yeah, what never happened? give up. I can do this all day. Like, what happened to you? Like, what happened to... What happened to season one version? And that works for him. Mm-hmm. But... I don't need to see it again. That's why this is character. what if. I don't yeah. need to see Steve. It's not what if somebody just happened to get super so Like, why is this different than you? Um. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to talk about her more because she shows up in a bunch of other episodes. Because at the end of this episode, plot twist, she gets Scarlet Witched into another dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we get to episode six, which is the one that I was personally looking forward to the most um, when these got announced. So, what if Kahori reshaped the world? Um, my word for this is ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this. Um, the whole episode is is subbed. Um, it's mm-hmm. um, spoken in the Mohawk language and Spanish mm-hmm. um, for the Inquisitors. And I really like this episode. Ambitious is actually an incredible word. Um how would I describe this episode? That's a, this is a tough one because this is one, this is obviously, this was the statement episode of, you know, of new, of, you know, you a taking totally a swing. original character. Um, I'm going to say modern. And I say this in the way that, you know, it's, it's almost like the Harley Quinn thing where Harley Quinn started in, in the Arkham series or, um, in Batman, Batman the animated series. series. Um, and somebody that I think is going to be, in live action at some point. I do think that is going to happen. Um, so modern, I think, is what I'm going to kind of take. And I like this. I, I didn't think about it until just now. Because we were talking about, like, well, what do you do with this character? Because she's, like, she's insanely powerful. If you haven't seen the episode. But, well, that's a, but mm. the conceit behind that and how you could transition her to live action is this is what if. Mm-hmm. Maybe the live action version Kahori gets a different power set. You well, know, maybe she gets no powers. Maybe she gets no powers. Maybe she's just kind of like street level, and mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't have powers. You know, this is a what if version of Kahori who is she? Obviously, because if you bring her to live action, she can't be powered by the Tesseract nope. <laughs> because nope. the Tesseract doesn't exist anymore. So, um, from that lens, I think you could absolutely adapt this character to live action. I I would want to see this character adapted to live action. I think the the backstory is really interesting. Yeah, the, yeah, I think the in terms of lore and lore that you have to incept because that's what they had to do for something like this. Um, I do think it plays very, very well. I love this idea of this Native American that literally fights off the invaders, mm-hmm. um, and she has this opportunity to kind of go to this. I, I, I got Avatar vibes mm-hmm. um, at certain parts, especially when she goes to the um, the Skyland and she mm-hmm. meets her, you know, her compatriots. And right. they all basically tell her, like, hey, this is this is essentially heaven. Right. Like, we have all these superpowers and we just kind of hunt forever and, you know, everything is great. And she's like, well, everything's not great, <laughs> you know, back you right. know, where our people are actually from. So, like, you know, it's the, it's it's an original character, but it's a tried old statement of mm-hmm. like what good is this power if we're not using it for the, you know, right, for right, the greater good right um and she uses it for the greater good i found that sequence with her when she stands up to the inquisitors mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. satisfying because you know you know it, it's not it's not hard to make the spanish inquisi- inquisitors villains right <laughs> to where you want to root against them right um so i was that was really great i really loved the galvanizing force of all of them coming out at the end and kind of like overrunning them and repelling them. And then, and then, and then, and then Dr. Strange shows up. Right, at the end right, of right, 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 right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a, li- 
I don't know how to put this in the best way. I'm a, I have a, it's, it's almost the same thing that I feel about Captain Carter, that the magic of that strange is starting to slip just a, just a, just a tad oh, bit. it slips. And it, it, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about this one because I feel like you might feel more, more, a little deeper about this than I do because I just, that's how much I really like this character, especially from season one. But again, what they do with him in the finale of season one, I didn't love either. So now I'm kind of at this point where it's like, again, I think what if is, and and I'm going to get into it in episode seven too, when we talk about um, Hela getting the 10 rings, like I feel like what ifs getting to like this landscape of like, we need like, what if everybody had the most powerful thing? And I'm like, episodes one and two understand. And, and Peter even does have one of the most powerful things, but that's not the point of those first two episodes. I think you need that investment into character. That's the more important thing about what if. That's why what if the episode for the Doctor Strange episode in season one, like he does also obtain this insanely stupid, powerful like yeah power set but that's not why it's so good it's so good because no matter how much power i have i can't just save the one person in the entire multiverse that i want to save and i honestly think this episode episode six does a great job of balancing that Mm -hmm. whereas you know again spoiler alert we see kahori again in the finale and i feel like she kind of just had all of the characters stripped away from her and she was just the mega powerful Uh, being in the season finale where I was like, you know, I was just kind of bummed. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, it feels like this character regressed off screen mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Um, so yeah, let's lead right into episode seven. What if Hala found the 10 rings? And my word for this was Thor question mark. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be revisiting the plot of Thor one, but we did. And I do like that idea, and I, I, I do like throwing Kate Blanchett into that a little bit of, like, and it's it's also, where do you find it? Like, I do like, for what if, like, when these different factions of the MCU start colliding with each other, and this was a fun one, like, Thor's faction of the MCU mixed with Shang-Chi's faction of the MCU, like, that's cool, like, that's some fun stuff. Um, it wasn't um, Tony Luang that was, yeah, which, I, I wish it was. I, I mean, wish it was, too, yeah. I think he's, I he's so good as one Wu. Um but yeah, I mean, I think the word that I had for this one was like conflicting because again, it's like these power sets are start like that's what I just feel like these episodes started turning into. Like we need to arm everybody with the most insane power set for something. I'm like, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to why, it in episode nine. What happened to all the character development that you had? Like you were leaning so well into it and you just started taking it away just for the fact of like, we just need this. So that then when the watcher pulls everybody together, everybody's all powerful and it's all cool. And I'm like, it plays into a cool factor, but does, but is this going to stay? Like, is this going to stay in anybody? mind yeah i did like that we got uh we got a little warmongering odin in this maybe the best version of odin is when he's like paranoid paranoid and like god shout out god of war ragnarok Mm -hmm. the best this this had tinges of kind of that god of war ragnarok version Mm -hmm. of odin where he's you know he's he's the all-father he needs to know he needs to know everything at all times two bad dads two bad dads um, when was a good dad though in this one mm-hmm. the whole time? He's a great dad, honestly. He's he great. uses the ten rings to protect the world. Mm-hmm. Cool. And maybe he was never a, that bad of a person. Maybe you should have just not killed his wife. <laughs> I did like the the through line of Hella being like, you know, I'm just gonna turn on you, right? Yep. <laughs> to like literally everyone she talked about. Yep. 
Um, and that doesn't play if it's not Kate Blanchett too. No, if that's not Kate Blanchett, it would have become very grating, but we'll allow it. We'll yeah, allow no, it. she was. I really enjoyed her. Anthony Hopkins was good mm-hmm. as this different version of Odin. Mm-hmm. Like basically, Odin if he never learned compassion, which did he? Kind of. I mean, it's because of Loki, but. And then he did. He does at the end of this where he was like, "Thank you, hella." I do, I do enjoy the conceit. Like Odin, like went through all these great lengths just to teach her a lesson, mm-hmm. even down to the point where, like, I invaded Midgard because I knew you could become this, right? <laughs> and she turns into a uh, uh, good Hella, Hella the White, Hella the White. Yes, she does a Gandalf. She does a Gandalf. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, that's how that's how her powers work. I guess. <laughs> Save that, because um, that'll be important. <laughs> um, episode 8. What if the Avengers had assembled in 1602? So this is a continuation of the Captain Carter episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the Scarlet Witch of 1602 has dragged her to this dying universe, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, there's an unknown kind of rift happening. We get more uh, more warmongering Thor. Mm-hmm. And that's which I liked, where he was like, oh, my sister. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm in charge now, and I'm angry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this version of Thor. Well, anytime Thor's about business, it's it's not as fun as, like, Taika Waititi's Thor, but it is just it's more plausible. It's like, alright. I'm yeah. too I'm too old and too powerful to, for this crap. I'm Man, over this, it. And then, uh, yeah, so we get... <laughs> there's some, there's, a, there's an odd collection of characters in this I know, this but uh, to be honest, I don't hate this episode as much as I should. Oh, what was your word? What was your word for this? I don't... This is, these are like, I'm, and I guess this is a good way to measure like a review for the season. Like, as the season gets deeper, it's tougher to gauge because I feel like character wise, it's tougher to gauge. So I can't, I can't gauge the episodes as good. But I, I how do I put this? What's your word? What did you pick? You see, you threw a curve. This was like maybe one of the best curveballs you've thrown at me. Um, unsatisfying. Unsatisfying is fine. I'll, I'll live with unsatisfying. Um, amalgamated. Like, Ooh. it just feels like, Again, and the same thing. The same thing happened in season one. The same exact thing. The only thing that saved that episode eight is the fact that it was Infinite Ultron was so goddamn cool. That's the only thing that saves it. Because again, it's like, all right, we're, uh, and to your point, we're gonna get these weird collection of characters. Like it, it flows so well in the in the in the Peter Quill episode in episode two. Like getting all those characters into place. Like it just feels like at this point, it's just like. All right, we're just gonna pluck these weird people from so, different uh, times. Yeah, and then, so one, oh, happy! I don't even want to. Uh, yeah, on one side of this, one one faction is Thor, mm-hmm. who's the king. Um, previously, Hela, Hela was queen, and then mm-hmm. she got sucked into a rift. Right. So we have Thor, we have Loki, mm-hmm. who's kind of not on their side. He's like, I mean, same. It's Loki. Yeah, it's Loki. Uh, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. Nick Fury. <laughs> um, In sixteen oh two. Yes. Tough time for him. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, <laughs> you earned all the you you have earned all this smoke, brother. No Don Cheadle. We didn't get Don Cheadle in there. We should have. Oh yes, we should have found a way to get Don Cheadle. It's like Don Cheadle's like great grandfather, great great grandfather. Um, uh, who else? Happy Hogan is on Thor's team for some reason. And he's Tony bat- Stark is by himself. He's like a maniac who like no one trusts. Which I kind of. And again, <laughs> if it was Robert Downey Jr., it plays even better. He's kind of like a crazy person, which um, I, which which makes sense. It's, he's like he's like a deranged. I mean, perfect. You're like an inventor, but you're crazy. I love yeah. it. Um, we have Captain Carter who got 
she got sucked to 1602 by the Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. to save the universe, right. essentially. Why Captain Carter out of all these? I get. I, I mean, that goes back to you. It goes to your point. It's the same thing. It's and then like, the Watcher is the Watcher gets a little more involved here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey Wright is there. He's like Captain Carter. Just let the universe die, and she's like, I won't because mm-hmm. I'm Captain America now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Captain America, America yep, uh, yep. Steve Rogers is in this. Mm-hmm. He's Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. He leads his band of merry men. Uh, with Who has Scott Run- Scott Lang? Yep, and Bucky mm-hmm. are his are his uh, men. I like it. I like that. That, 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 I, that I like. That I like. That's I fun. love that group That's because fun. I like. You should have found a way to get Sam Wilson in there too. I feel like that would have rounded it out quite quite well. Yeah. But but I also I also like I love the the balance. I wish we got more of it of Scott and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Of Bucky obviously being like the no nonsense. Right. And Scott Lang just being like who still has Ant Man powers for some reason in sixteen oh two. Yeah. Who knows, man. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the conceit of this episode is they have to find something called, someone called the Forerunner, mm-hmm. um, who's disrupting time. And turns out, it's Captain America. Um, it's Infinity War Captain America. So the, the Robin Hood figure of Steve Rogers is actually Steve Rogers from 2018, um, who got sent through time because mm-hmm. he, when he fought Thanos, he smashed the time stone and it sucked him into the time stone. Or something. To I don't know effect. how the time he stone became works. the time stone. <laughs> I guess is that how know. that happened. I don't know. It's, then, it doesn't make sense. And then what we if? get this, and this is why I said unsatisfying because we get the, we get again Peggy losing Steve again. Yeah, yep, yep. And I'm just like, how many times are we going to do, do this? Yep. Like we can't. You can only pull on that emotional thread so many times. Now you're going to animate it again. Again. They already animated they it in episode they did, five. They did. <laughs> oh man. Um, I guess because this is like the prime version of Captain America, I guess. So that's why it's supposed to. But also, we saw the resolution work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. Like the tragedy of their story has already kind of been rectified. And played again and rectified. So so I don't know, man. And then Dr. Strange shows up. <laughs> um, again. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, Peggy, my old, my old chap. Right. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. So come to my come to my thing, and mm-hmm. we'll have a season finale. Yeah. And have a season finale. We did. What if Stephen? What if Strange Supreme intervened? And this was based on the episode title. Was not what I thought this episode nope. was going to be. Um, yeah. My word for this is why. My word for this is frustrating. <laughs> um, this is just like just. Plain flat out, this is just not a good finale. Of it's not, this is not, this just is not, this is not how you do finale storytelling. It's just not. So he brings, yeah, he brings her to the Sanctum Infinitum. And that name I love, though. Great name, great name. And he uh, shows off his collection of universe killers mm-hmm. um, that he's collected because he's basically, basically, he's like the arbiter of the universe. Mm-hmm. He's, he's what if the Watcher, but had done something mm-hmm. essentially or at least that's how he presents himself to mm-hmm. me so he tells uh captain carter hey go to this point in time and this time you got to get this person um this the most dangerous universe killer that's out there she escaped my sanctum and you find out it's Kaori mm-hmm. for some reason <laughs> um so she talks he gets uh they get back there and then you find out stephen strange is not 
this all good, you know, universe saving guy. He's collecting not just universe killers, but universe savers, mm-hmm. um, and sacrificing them to the, to the forge, um, because he wants to rebuild his universe that was destroyed, um, in season one. I love it. That I like because it just, it's freaking personal, but it just does not fit in this finale. It doesn't fit in this finale. And it just also, I don't know. It felt like it just, I mean, obviously it came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but I was just like, we couldn't have spent a little more time with him. Well, <laughs> and you know, and it's funny cause I don't like the last, I don't like the finale of season one either, but at least the finale of season one makes sense because there's a central thing that needs to be figured out. Like, Infinite Ultron's about to take out the entire multiverse. Like, that's a problem. He fights the Watcher. Right. What's what's the problem in this? Like, what's the actual problem? That he's sacrificing people? Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty big problem. I know, but... Um, maybe I just like this strange too much. And then this devolves into, like, just a fun character cameo fest, which I didn't love. Nope. Because <laughs> um, we get... I mean, I could sit here all day with all the things that they show off here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hella. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of Hella. He's back, yep. We get um, a more powerful version of Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, we get we get uh, Thanos again. And guess what? He gets snapped out of existence. He gets reverse snapped. I don't even know how that even worked. It didn't even make sense. Because then who showed up right after him? Killmonger. Killmonger. I don't know, man. And I don't know, man. And then Kahori sent him to the... To the spirit dimension? And that just, again, just... Dis- also, you know what wasn't good writing? When Kahori reverse snaps Thanos, and she's like, I don't even know how I did that. What? <laughs> and I like this character, don't get me, me wrong. I, I think this character is great, but like I said, they re- they just stripped all of her characterization. Well, I gotta think that the person that wrote that episode, there's no shot that they wrote the finale, so there's no, no way... because they, they stripped her of all of, all of what made Subtleties, her Subtleties, all of her... Anything that she had is just gone she's for just, this caricature. Caricature yeah, just, like the finale caricature that she is. She's it's like a superpowers. it's like a CW crossover, but like even the CW crossovers kept everybody's character in them. Yeah, she just gets all the soup. She just has her powers and she's just using them. And now it's like just unhinged at this point. And now she's this vehicle for Doctor Strange to be evil, I guess. Again, um, so Peggy gets the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. She gets them in her armor, which I'm not. I don't care. That's fine. At this point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You and already they, made everybody the most powerful version. doesn't matter. Oh, she's not done getting powerful. Nope, Hang nope. on. <laughs> um, so she, they fight Doctor Strange, uh, Strange Supreme, and he's he's got all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having like this tug of war with everyone's lives, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of nuts. Um, and then, and then, right before uh, Hela is thrown into her portal, she throws her helmet to Peggy. Peggy puts the helmet on. Then she, then Kahori is wielding Mjolnir with, with her right space stone powers. Right, <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening? Um, Doctor Strange is holding his own because he's him. <laughs> he is him. He doesn't know he slashed because he's only him. Um, and then Peggy grabs a grabs a fistful of Infinity Stones and wallops Doctor Strange um, into a portal, and he separates himself from, I guess, his demonic self. Sure. And then he's like, I did it. <laughs> right. I'm redeemed. But like... <laughs> As I'm falling into right, this castle. But like, how? Because he, he did the Darth Vader... You know, like... Right. Darth Vader uh, okay, okay. But... Where he was like, wait, I'm a good guy now. 
But like, I changed my mind. But like, Darth Vader had Luke in the room. Yeah, Doctor Strange had Peggy. But like, when was this a thing? Because they're friends. But like, not like that. Like, <laughs> they don't have the relationship that like Tony and Steve have. Like, what? Like, what is this? Listen, man, he changed. All right. When? When? While he was falling into that chasm. That was like ten seconds. What are it's we talking never too about? Late. <laughs> it's never too late for redemption, man. He did. He just did one of these, and he was like, "I'm sorry, God." And then God was like, "You can come to heaven." Killmonger really just got walked in and got packed up immediately. Yeah, he got sent to the spirit dimension or wherever he went. Can we wherever, talk about Echo now? Wherever she sent him. Um, yeah, we can talk about Echo. God. But um, yeah, going so. back through that just like even made like, and I was like, and I was not feeling the same way when I went through these episodes. But like talking about it now, just. <laughs> Just got me retroactively more mad. Strange's universe gets rebuilt um, without Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. That was the conceit. He was able to rebuild his universe, but was not able to rebuild himself because him and Christine can never be together. Except in that one, that one universe. Yeah, multiverse you... of madness. <laughs> no, no, no. They, she. I mean, they, they end up on good terms. Which no, I he guess... dies. He dies. No, no, no. I'm talking about regular Strange and regular Christine. But like, but he can't have her. But he's made peace with that. <laughs> because because other doctor had. Is that is her other husband a doctor? What does he do? I don't know. Maybe he runs like a Doctor Strange fan club. He's, he's like, hanging out with Clea now. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got a new boo. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good on you. Um and then my my question I was gonna save um for the end of this. Um pick pick one of these things to bring to live action. Easily the the eighties Avengers. Easily, I don't even think that's a that's a, even a question. Like I don't think there's anything better than that. I would also take like the, an Andorian esque version of Karen Gillan playing that live action Nebula. That I would also take. Maybe maybe influence inject a little bit of of the Marvels into that too. I'm gonna say Good Hella. No, I'm kidding. I'm not saying. Yeah, that. I was gonna say that. I'm I'm gonna say Kahori. I want to see that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I didn't say that because I I do think that's their plan. Is yeah. she's gonna be in live action but at some do, point? Do the do the one from episode six. Like oh yeah, don't do the don't don't do the don't do the finale one. <laughs> don't do the one from the finale. Give yeah. me give me the one with the with the good backstory. Yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> me get me the '80s Avengers. Get get have it be like a John Hughes esque type of movie. Give me more Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, actually. yeah. Get get Lawrence Fishburne in there. Speaking Lord, of Lawrence Fishburne, he's, he's, he's going to be the Witcher. Witcher. Yeah, yeah. We forgot some news that Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne's going to be in the news. They got me back on board. Can they just, can they just get Henry Cavill back? Nah, man. He's doing Warhammer. <laughs> he's, doing, he's busy doing Warhammer. He's doing Warhammer and building PCs, man. Um, why did we hate... Why do, why do we hate Henry Cavill again? Like, what has he done to anybody? Nothing. Just, but just be like a cool guy? Um... We did get a teaser for season three of What If, um, a Red Guardian episode that we're going to have. With David Harbour? With David Harbour, yes. Uh, Sebastian stands back as Bucky. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne's back yep. as Bill Foster. And Ranger Morales. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Y'all seem suspicious? I don't see suspicious. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, what's give me give me one thing you want to see, because we did this last time. For, oh, from a, what, yep. season three of What If? Just give me anything that you want. What If... Captain Carter what if the season ended well? The sun. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what? Oh, I got one for you. I, I know exactly what you're about to say. You no, want you to don't. say it on three? No, you don't. You don't know what I'm going to say. Go ahead. You want me to say my thing? Because you don't know what I'm going to say. Sure, go ahead. What if Scarlet Witch oh, okay. was the person that took over Loki's spot? Oh, and she was the one at the end of time. And then Pietro was just like, I'm going to sit here and let time pass. <laughs> 
Um, That's mine. I mean, I'm going to give you a simple one. What if the Eternals intervened? And then you pick one of the Eternals and you have one of the Eternals be very bad. Icarus. Nope. And I don't want it to be Icarus. You know who I... Nope. You know who I want it to be? Gilgamesh. Nope. Dang. I think Makari would be a fun character to use as your person that's just like, I can in an instant end anything that I want. I think that would be kind of fun. Uh, it doesn't need to be her, but I just think an Eternals-led episode would make a lot of sense. Um, get some of them to come back. I think some of them, like, I feel like Brian Tyree Henry would come back. Sure. Maybe Richard Madden would. Like, I think Probably. that would be a fun one. Um, I also want to dive into the Moon Knight stuff. Um, so I would love if, uh, some. I saw this on the internet, and this one really got me hyped. Somebody said, what if Killmonger turned into the Moon Knight? Now that would be a fun Ooh. one, because he would do whatever the... It, it's crazy because Killmonger's will is so powerful that he would find a way to overpower Kanchu, which doesn't even begin to make sense. But just based off the Iron Man <laughs> is episode, this your king? is this your is this your is this your Moon God? It goes right to the council. <laughs> is this your Moon God? He'd find a way. He would find a way. Uh, but that that I saw on the internet. That's a fun one. What that's if Killmonger one. turned into Moon Knight? Um, that would be cool. Um, like I said, what if the Eter- that's an easy one? What if the what if the Eternals intervened? Like. And maybe they wouldn't have had to. They wouldn't have to. Thanos would have just got packed up. Like, like Icarus would have just killed Thanos because that's. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see what they do at season three because it just keeps happening and it's just going to keep happening. Um, what if Thanos fought back? Fight back, Thanos. <coughs> Fight back. <laughs> um, now he's molly whopping me. <laughs> he said he's using my own weapon against me. Now he's molly whopping me. Go watch TMNT. <laughs> What that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is <laughs> That's so what Thanos said when Kahori snapped him out of existence. <laughs> now he's molly whopping me. He's using she's Peggy's using my own weapons against me. Now she's molly whopping me. <laughs> um, the Eternals one is good. I'm trying to think of another one of with a section of the MCU we haven't touched yet. Um, obviously the Sony stuff is tougher because you can't really do a Spider-Man. Um, maybe you're able to do a, a Netflix one too. So maybe if maybe you do one. But, ooh, a fun one would be, uh, what if Daredevil uh, got the powers of the Iron Fist? That would be a fun one. How, what, how, how'd you get that? <laughs> what if the Punisher had Luke Cage's powers? Woof. Woof. <laughs> woof. <laughs> woof. 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 Russo! Uh-oh. <laughs> Not a bulletproof Punisher. That would be insane. That would be nuts. Remember the comics? They gave him the War Machine armor? Well, Whose idea was yeah, that? Yeah, that was a whole... Guys, <laughs> you gotta do better, Senator. <laughs> you guys need to do politics better. <laughs> One day we're gonna re-talk re about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Let's, um... What a finale. Let's talk about Echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was five Echo, episodes. Echo, Echo. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alakwa Cox is back. As Maya Lopez, who we last saw in Hawkeye. And if you didn't see her in Hawkeye, that's a great thing that episode one is around. <laughs> because because it's, it, it's a video game-esque recap of everything that happened. And it's not just like a snapshot. It literally just is Hawkeye. Just from the, <laughs> It's like the camera tilted just a little bit, and that's how Echo is for the, like, the first 25 minutes. Actually, the first couple minutes... 
Oh, 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 right, 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 right. Okay, okay. I'm going to actually, I'm going to talk about this because this is, because I watched this first. Holy moly. So I was, I, I was, I was off the first day that Echo comes out. Um, I was ready because I, because I, I told myself I'm going to watch the first episode, then I'm going to watch Percy Jackson. And at the end of this, when you ask me what I've been doing, um, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about Percy Jackson, the show for a little bit because mm-hmm. they are doing some good stuff with that show, in my opinion. But the episode starts, right? And I was like, Huh? I'm ready for this grounded. <laughs> yeah, right. I, egg. Exactly. I was just like, all right, grounded this, street level. Yeah, it's grounded street level. Um, mature, mature, and TVMA Wilson Fisk punching people in the street because they didn't give Maya ice cream, and I'm ready for <laughs> that. Also, doesn't happen until episode four, which is <laughs> something. But so, episode one starts, and lore happens, and I was like. Huh? <laughs> what? I, it was to the point where I was like, I, you know, I clicked on my screen and it said ep- Echo Episode 1. I was like, okay. So there's these people in the cave and these people have wooden skin? They're, yeah, they're definitely not human. I, they are human. They have to be. I guess. But they came from... The Earth? The Earth. The Earth people. This is just Avatar. <laughs> sure. So... The main one drinks water from the earth and is able to hold up the colony that they're in. Yes. And that, spoiler alert, that person is is Maya's ancestor. ancestor. Yes. And this is, and, and, it, and it, it, was like a, it was like a four to five minute sequence. And then they come out from the earth and like the... the yeah, whatever was... The like, shell comes off of them. Right. They, you find out, oh, these are... This is the first people. Like, these mm-hmm. are the Choctaw people. Right. And that's how they became Native Americans, basically. Right. They were just there right. already. I think it it was good stuff. It was just... Wild. It was just... I was just very <laughs> taken... I was just very caught off guard. Because even, like, the showrunners were like, you guys, you guys aren't ready for this grounded world. And I was like, sure, cool. And then the opening happened. I'm like, huh? So we, uh, that was an opening. Then we're introduced to Maya's family. Mm-hmm. Um... We see her father again, who we know is killed mm-hmm. later on by Hawkeye. He's what? <laughs> um, Not by, by... What do you mean? He got killed by the Ronin. Yeah, whatever, man. It was Hawkeye. Got I, killed by Kate Bishop, the Ronin. He got killed by a deaf guy. All right, Irony. Man. He wasn't deaf yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, they... Basically, we get Echo's origin story. and if For 25 minutes. And if you know anything about superheroes, you know that... You know, you know, you don't want to be in a superhero universe. A parent, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because Echo's mother is killed in a car accident. How did the clothes get onto the Choctaw people? I don't know. Because the clothes just manifested. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so car accident, horrific car accident, kills Maya's mom, um, and then her grandma's mm-hmm. real beat up about this. Mm-hmm. She blames Echo's father. Yeah, she said you got to watch out for those Lopez boys. Yeah. So that was she, mean. George Lopez is somewhere upset. So she, so his father or her father takes her to New York, splitting her from her cousin Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, then Hawkeye happens. <laughs> then we get Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. We get the Hawkeye sequence. We find out what Maya's been up to. Maya's working her way up Fisk's empire. Right, because you find out that Maya's father worked for Fisk and can't get out. And Fisk is not only Maya's father, Maya's uncle as well. Both yeah. worked for Fisk. Yeah. And then Fisk is like... Well, I mean, you find out that 
No, you don't find out yet about Maya's father, Maya's mother, the reason that she yeah. was killed. Then we take up, you know, we take up, we see Maya rising through Fisk's ranks. Um, she fights Daredevil. <laughs> well, she, so she gets assigned to a to just just a little job. The yeah. job, and this is this is where remember that TVMA thing we were talking about. This is the first part because he pull he knocks on the door, shoots the guy in the head. They show the whole thing. I was like, ooh, it's it's happening. <laughs> So they do their thing. Uh, Maya's fight style still great, and I and I still and I'm gonna stand by this the whole time. That the best episode of Hawkeye is the Echo episode. It's the best episode of Hawkeye. I don't even think it's particularly close. Um, and they hold that even more true. I think she's this is. I, it's funny. I think this part right here. It's this part, and it's a sequence in episode five. I'm gonna talk about is the best Maya is as this character. It's the best. Alinko she's got Cox that. Is. She's got that Netflix grittiness. Right. Exactly. And she's just built for this. Like that's the best way to put. It. She's built for it. I love that sequence when she gets into there and she starts fighting those guys. And, and she, like, discovers herself in the fight. It's so good. It's so, and so then she, good. And then she snaps that man's neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's locked in. She snaps his neck and she's like, oh, like, I'm about this. And you know what my favorite part is? When the one guy that, um, you know... Slapped her ass. Yeah. Grabbed her ass. Yeah. Right. And then she hits him. And then the other, like, the guy she's with, she's like, good job. She goes back for the second hit on him. I was just like, all right, I'm in. I'm in at this point. I love, yeah, I love that. Because... I love that because typically what happens is like point of view character kills someone and they're like, oh my oh god, my. no, she snaps like, his she's like, neck and she's oh, like, she's like, oh, she's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm yeah. built for this, I'm wired in yeah, now, I'm locked in. I'm... And then Daredevil shows up, yeah, and he says, I've been watching them all night. Are how? you <laughs> how? <laughs> I've been listening to them all night. Oh, okay, all right, I, yeah, right, okay, that's it. That, but I do what I did like about the introduction to Daredevil is like they do the Last of Us Part Two thing. Yes. You get to see the hero through the eyes of the villain. And you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this guy's a problem. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's, 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 it's the bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get just your your standard Daredevil fight sequence. It's just... It's pretty good. It's so good. It's so good. He's whipping whipping and zipping with, this, that, with, the, with the sticks. This is the Daredevil that... If this is the Daredevil we're going to get in the MCU, because this is... It's the perfect balance between Netflix, She-Hulk, and wherever... Th- this is it. This is, like, the perfect combination of all those things together, because he's not as, you know... Slippy and dippy? As he was in She-Hulk, but he's not as, like... I, every time I get punched, I gotta take a breath. Like he's the, it's the perfect medium. Yeah, I didn't feel exhausted when after I watched him fight. Right, because which is how I often felt. Because watching I'm not gonna lie, once I finish this episode, I watched the hallway fight. I watched the prison fight from se- from season three, which <laughs> the cinema that they talk about. Um, but and that fight is exhausting. Like this feels <laughs> like if we get this out of Daredevil in the MCU, this is yeah, this was good fun. Stuff. He, he showed off a little bit of his greatest superpower, yep. which is his ability to get his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And just, he said, why do you, are you, how are you able to do this? I'm Catholic. He shows that off. Uh, I love that she's constantly trying to grab guns and, uh, and she's, and he keeps knocking them away from and, her. And it's, and it's the thing Fist says to her after the fact, like you, you stood up to him the longest. Like I've, my, none of my men, like, Again, like she's just built for this. Like she's just immediately. She does a cool bit where she hangs back and hangs her legs. Like, yeah, her prosthetic. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love that so much. Give me more of those two together, please. I well, I what I think is going to happen is she's going to. They're going to. You know who she's going to play as? She's going to play as Wraith from Spider Man Two. That's exactly how their relationship should work. Are they going to? No, no, no. She's she's much too young for him. 
<laughs> don't count. He said, "Don't count out Daredevil's Riz." <laughs> the the Rizmaster. He, 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 he can't help himself. He can't actually. turn it off. Once it's on, he can't turn it off. He's not mad. <laughs> He's a really good lawyer. Um, uh, and then yeah, we get basically the Hawkeye rehash. She shoots Fisk in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes. She home. got her hair done and then shot Fisk in the face. It was an event. That's what I would do. <laughs> get a haircut and then shoot Fisk. Yeah, nice. right in the face. Right in the face. Good. And um, then they do the, again, they do the clips from Hawkeye, like you said, but it, it just made me nostalgic for t- how good she was in Hawkeye. But and well, then we five, get a, five um, months later. Yeah. And she, <laughs> now we're in Echo. She comes back home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, as I'm, heroes do. Yeah. She's back home. She doesn't want to see anybody Mm-mm. except for her, her uncle Henry. Out of work related business because she had just been, I've been shot. She comes across Biscuits, her other cousin. I like him. He's like, Ignorantly he's, funny. He's the comic relief. Right. And he's got a dog. Mm-hmm. I was keeping a close eye on that dog. Yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. Show. Don't, don't even think about don't it. Don't even think about don't it. Don't think about you, MA, TV, MA show. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. The dog makes it. We're good. Uh, they do the, they do the cliche hero has to patch themselves up because this is a gritty episode of television. <laughs> yeah. And I have flannel on. <laughs> um, she's like, Henry, can you help me take Fisk down? He's like, no. What? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> I won't do it. I also like her motivation. Where she's like, I just want to be in charge of the thing. I want to be the queen pin. I like that motivation because it shows that she's not like a hero. No, no. She just wants she just wants the stuff mm-hmm. for herself. Good, and she should get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then and then it's revealed. Fisk is alive. Mm-hmm. He's got an eye patch. How do you survive that? They should have gave him the same eye patch that Nick Fury had. That would have been funny. Tell my Sam the reverse. Nope, Nick Fury. <laughs> He's everything that Nick Fury's not. Anyway, episode two. <laughs> um, episode two, this is where the CGI gets wonky. Because we do another flashback? No, we do a train sequence that's 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 not great. We also do another flashback. We do do, we do another flashback. Another ancestor manifest. Well, we didn't even talk about the episode one flashback, so it's Yeah, a, we did. No, 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 no. They do another one. In oh, the other episode. other one, yeah. Well, the, that's the point. That, like, the... Because it was some... I don't know what sport they were playing. Um, it's but, basically just stickball. But they, like... But one of her ancestors channels the first ancestor's power. But I don't... Okay, to become gonna, Barry Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I broke him. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> Look, look, I'm not even going to say anything. So the the second ancestor... That's what happens. The second ancestor's Prime Bo Jackson, looking like Adrian Peterson out there. Prime Derrick Henry, she turns into. Episode two. I, I, oh, it was an episode two. It was an episode two. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, what happens in episode two? So they they're planning uh they're planning a little, little train heist, little train heist. Well, not not a train heist, a train plant, a train explosion, a train explosion. Well, they 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 know that guy's in Hawkeye, right? The one that was from yeah. Tenet. What did I say? The the vague Middle East Eastern European Eastern guy, European guy. Yeah, I wonder what his name is. I like him in things. I like when he just pops up and just is menacing and, and like, but like in a, like a way that's like you're a henchman menacing because he's not a goon as Daredevil would say. He's he's definitely a henchman. He is. Yeah. He's like in like your video game, like the boss fight. That it's not really a boss fight, but you got to try a little harder. Yeah. You got to lock. You just got to lock in for a second. 
You lose once, and you're like, ugh. What happens in episode two? Train heist. Train hi- train plant of a bomb so that she can blow something up and make a statement. Fisk. She stupid. does. She did. She did. She did do it. <laughs> does the train sequence look good? It's dark. It's very dark. Doesn't look great. No. Um, but you also learn about Bonnie, her, her cousin Bonnie. That she hasn't talked to or spoken with in 20 years? Why is, in in the great words of the artist that I can't remember, why are you so obsessed with me? It says Echo to Bonnie. Why are you so obsessed with me? I mean, to be fair. Yeah, it was your cousin that your mom, your your aunt passed away and then you just disappeared. For 20 years. For 20 years. And never heard from. Never heard from. And then you're back in town and you're just like not going to tell me that you're back in town? I'll give her that. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she pulls up this train. She... It's great. It's a great bit. I did like that bit with with uh, with biscuits. Yeah, and she gets back. I love biscuits ad libs to himself. Actually, I'll give him that. They're so dumb. They're so video gamey. I, I, loved, I appreciate it. I loved her getting back to the truck and him being like, "I hope whatever you stole was worth it." And mm-hmm. she's, she's like, like, "I didn't steal, steal anything." anything. Cut, boom! <laughs> boom! You looking for this? Cut to cut to the train arriving, and they're like, "Why is it? Why is it? Why is it beeping? Why is it beeping?" <laughs> Um, not just doesn't just blow up the train, blows up the whole plant, like right. the whole factory explodes. Right, and then Henry gets a phone call because mm-hmm. why wouldn't he? Yeah, and he's like, "What did you say that number that train was?" And then he meets Maya, and he's like, "What? What, what did you, you do? What are you doing? What did you do?" And then she did she did the Batman Arkham Nightline evening the odds. <laughs> this is basically what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> because I did. She's very snippy. Who, Echo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, I yeah, enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he's like, Fisk's going to come at you with an army, and she's going to be like, well, that's awful tough. It's going to be awful tough for him to do with no guns. Right. Because <laughs> I just exploded them all. Um, you get a little bit more with, obviously, like I said, you get a little bit more with Bonnie. You get a little bit more because she learns that, one, she's alive. One, she's back in town. I want to see her. I want to just make sure my cousin's okay. Um, that's the everything you're going to get out of that relationship all season. Unfortunately, um, Unfortunately. Too. Because um, I really like the actress that played Bonnie. Um, She's also the voice actress for Kahori. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, episode three probably has my favorite flashback. I don't know why I like this one specifically. The silent movie thing? Yeah, where she's the. You get the gun. You know what this is? This is like a. You know what this is? This is like Jedi Fallen Order, like when you need to relearn <laughs> learn your powers. Yeah. This is exactly what it is. Because she gets a gunslinger perk from this ancestor. Yeah. She turns into Bullseye? Yeah. Because that's horseman. a power set? Because what is it? You, you get, like, super strength. You get yep. the ability to turn into Barry Sanders. And then you get and then you get Bullseye. Yeah. Because their hands glow. Because the ancestors. Yeah. I still don't understand how this whole thing Me works. Me neither. But it's fine. Um, And then we get... So we get uh, we get Maya's grandmother. No, her grandparents. Grandparents, yes. And they might have my favorite relationship in the whole show. <laughs> Funny enough. Yeah. Um, it's also the actor. Uh, this actor was also in uh, Maya's grandfather. Also was in The Last of Us. He just plays like this like snarky old man. That's old like, man who's just like kind of pat like over it. Yeah, he's just over it and he's just like he's just a jokester. Like he's just all about like. Just funny one-liners. It's great. You made him soup? <laughs> <laughs> he said, He said, what's the best plan to go west? <laughs> go east. <laughs> I love this little laugh that he mm-hmm. does. <laughs> he does it in this, too. And he's like, why don't you, why don't you talk 
to your granddaughter, and mm-hmm. she's like, no. <laughs> no. I shan't. I, I don't want to. <laughs> and then he says the same thing to Maya. He's like, why don't you talk to your grandmother? And she's like, no. 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 <laughs> He's I don't like, want... well, my I... job is done. Yeah. Here. I've he, done it. He builds her a new leg. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was going to be like a bigger moment. Deal? But no. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but then we get Maya meets Bonnie again. But, but, big, big middle of the season action piece set sequence put together. Oh, you want to talk about guys that just... Weighing over their skis. Oh, this, I actually, I don't know why. This might be my favorite episode of the season. I like this episode a lot. And it's because of how, like, this episode might be the most comic booky one, but it's all from, like, a middle management perspective of being, like, being that. Because, like, like you said, everybody's in over their head. Nobody knows what they're doing. Um, Echo's like the only one that has like a definitive plan. The, yeah. the, the, the rogue Eastern European comes in and is just like, you get your money when I want you to get your money. Well, don't forget the, don't, yeah. And the skating rink employee. I love it. He, he actually might be my favorite character. Him in the whole show. and the two girls he was They're with. They're great. They're great. Just the definition of like small town, white trash, like think they're criminals. Mm-hmm. And they find out quickly that they are not built for this criminal life. And then they do more of the TVMA. And I was watching that sequence unfold, and he kept asking about the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I love how it just, like... Yeah. It's like a good point of view, almost. Like, it's like... It, is that the most realistic thing about this show? Because, <laughs> like, I feel like in every form of medium, it's like, you'll get your money. You know, you can get your money, or you either get killed. Sometimes you get your money. But then this one's like, hey, just the money. And, like, everybody just walks by him and doesn't acknowledge him. Until they do acknowledge him. Until they do acknowledge Because I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, man, he's about probably one more time asking for, for his money. money before he gets shot in the face. And guess what? <laughs> it, Boom! It, it does happen. TVMA. Yeah, he gets shot to bits. Um, and then, Lots of biscuits. <laughs> and then it looks like it's... They do the... Maya and Bonnie do the Batman and uh, Commissioner Gordon mm-hmm. thing from the Batman. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, I'm going to punch it now really hard. Yeah, he said, he said you, know, you should punch me. I love Jeffrey Wright more than I love Air. I, go, I love that guy. <laughs> so she wallops Bonnie. It's, uh, she basically springs herself mm-hmm. off this. Um, QA, like a Punisher-esque sequence here mm-hmm. which i loved she busts through the door like through the co- like through the wall yeah make america skate again <laughs> the heavy metal starts going she definitely wasn't using her powers in the sequence right she doesn't use her powers until the end bit she doesn't even know what powers are no she could just fight good <laughs> how did that guy roll so far how did she propel him so far into the rink because she's she's just like that She's built like an ox. <laughs> Maybe she should play Abby. You know what? I would be on board. Like, all you got to do is retcon Abby. Oh, nope, nope. You know who she's gonna, who she should play? That six foot five woman from that's part of the scars in <laughs> Last of Us Part Two that Abby just boxes for. You know what? I, I hate that fight because that fight lasts so long and I'm punching her a hundred times and she won't fall. <laughs> We're going to talk about The Last of Us Part Two in a little we bit are. soon. Next week, probably. <laughs> Beside the point. Skating um, rink fight. I love that little... They do that little old boy homage where the camera tilts. Yeah. And the camera keeps tilting, and she's, like, fighting along the whole... That that, that was good stuff. Um, Aliko Cox, like, 
you could tell she really put a, in a lot of work to be, you know, to to make all this hand to hand stuff feel mm-hmm. real and feel realistic. I would love her in a John Wick movie too. I think she would be incredible in a John Wick movie. Also, to you know, shout out shout out Marvel first of all. She is a legit deaf, mm-hmm. you know, um, amputee mm-hmm. that you know plays this character, which I think is awesome. Also, her first echoes her first acting role. Yep, which is crazy. I think she's tremendous. No, she's great. Um, she's really good. Because obviously, and we talked about this when we talked about The Last of Us TV show, um, being a deaf actor, you really have to mm-hmm. nail the mannerisms. Yep. And she sells so much with her expressions. Like, yep. it can't be understated enough how good she is in most, mm-hmm. mostly every scene she's in. Yep. Um, she's able to sell so much with just her... When we get to... When we get to the end of episode three, when... When Fisk, when she is confronted by Fisk at the end of episode three, like her eyes, the way she sells that moment of when he shows up mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's like seeing a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Henry basically is like, well, I guess uh, guess we're in this together. Because yeah, yeah. now, now I, it's either you win or I, I'm dead, so... And yeah, she returns home, and there's Fisk waiting for her. Uh, what's up, stepdad? Maya. Maya. <laughs> when I was a boy. Oh, no. Oh, that's important, though. It is. Because did that whole did that whole thing canonize the Netflix to the MCU? Was it that? Mm-hmm. That actually might have been it. Yeah, because <laughs> was it episode one when they like first meet, and he's like, my father also died. I'm like, tell Wait a, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hold on, hold on. You're Boss. oversimplifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oversimplification. He gives her... <laughs> I love this. I love the little character things with Fisk. Like, he gives her this augmented reality contact lens mm-hmm. so that it's easier for him to communicate with her because he just... Can't be bothered to learn sign language. Yeah, why would I learn sign language? For my niece. For my niece. But I'll learn Chinese to communicate with the... Madam Gal? <laughs> Madam Gal. Because, because drugs. Because drugs are more important than, than my, my niece. niece. Anyway, mm. back at the ranch. So he does his fisk. He he fisks about. Yeah, I, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio. I, like, we can't say enough about Vincent D'Onofrio. He's just... I brought wine. I brought wine. And you can kill me if you want, but you, I, you know... I thought we'd have Sunday dinner like we used, used to. to. And she's like, it's Thursday. <laughs> Which I liked. I like that bit. I like that she dumps the wine down the drain mm-hmm. also. Because smart. You don't yeah, know. you don't know. You don't know. The knife drops on the floor. And again, you, you're going to probably make a point about another TV villain that's take, got, that took the world by storm. It. He's got the Homelander thing, man, where every scene he's in is... You don't know what's going to happen. And it's crazy because he's not, you know, obviously he's physically demanding, but you know what it did it when Daredevil, it was when he killed one of the Russians in Daredevil and he just absolutely snaps and demolishes his head in the car. Like We get that in this done, episode. Yeah, we do. A similar sequence. Yep. And again, it's the same thing of like, oof. Like, I don't know when he's about to snap. And he ha- now he has proper reason to snap and do whatever he wants to. Because she shot him in the head. Mm-hmm. But, he's, um, but at the end of the day, like... Let's talk about that poor ice cream vendor for a second. Oh, man. I, I, no, no. What do you mean poor ice cream <laughs> vendor? That's, I, a, that's I, a horrible human being. Yeah, I'm actually on Fifth's side. Yeah, I didn't feel bad you, for him. You, you yelled at a deaf amputee little girl because she wanted ice cream and she was trying to tell you she wants ice cream? Man, Fisk freaking... Now he's molly whopping me. <laughs> Says the ice cream vendor. And he got molly whopped. Yeah, he did get molly whopped. He got mollied and then he got whopped. That was crazy. 
just Fisk's just pummeled this poor man. <laughs> Not even a poor man. He deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He definitely deserved it. Um, this might have the most confusing backstory of of, of the episode so far. Not really, but... The one maybe. where she has, like, a seizure? Well, I mean, okay, so the big piece of this episode is, uh, obviously, uh, you know what this episode plays as? This plays a lot like episode five of uh, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because you have the opening sequence be this insane, it's some of my favorite bits from the whole MCU, is the John Walker versus Bucky and Sam fight, and then the rest of the episode is trying to do the emotional setup to get you into the finale, and, like... Hey, we gotta get you your suit too. <laughs> like, we gotta. We, hey, we gotta get you your suit, but. But to be fair, I really did like the scene with Echo. Well, Grimmel. that's that's what I was getting at. Is like this is. I think this is a more refined version of it, and like, obviously, we knew this was gonna happen. And I mean, I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty easy to gauge that Maya's grandmother also was in this lineage of of women in her family that you know that had this power. Yeah, and I. I love the song that plays the, um, mm-hmm. um, Prayers Down by the River. Um, it's a really beautiful sequence. Yep. And again, Alakwa Cox just crushes that scene. No, they're, bo- they're both they're both incredible. Really they're yeah, both yeah, yeah. really, really good. And she sells that, like that, that, the anger and the confusion mm-hmm. of, of, of a young girl who didn't understand why her family seemingly wanted nothing to do with her mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, you know, that classic broken family dynamic of her telling her grandmother, like, well, my father told me you guys didn't want anything to do with me. And her grandmother's like, no, it was just your father was just with, wrapped up in bad people. Yeah. And then my daughter died. Yeah. So and, I was like, and I was angry. Right. And I was angry. And, you know, my I love characters like that. I love characters like that. I just like when characters are her. I love the way they build her grandmother's character because I sometimes I like the frustration. Like, that's such a human thing to do. Like, I love when characters do the human thing versus yeah, the thing that's logical. I was angry and I just, I couldn't, and I couldn't look at you anymore because you reminded me so much of my daughter. And like, that all makes sense. And what the other thing that makes sense is Maya's reaction mm-hmm. when she's like, when she pretty much walks out and she's like, you Basically, you could have done things differently. Well, I mean... And maybe things would have been different. I mean, her her ex-husband tries to also tell Maya's grandmother that. Like, Maya's grandfather tries to tell, like, this is kind of on you. Like, this isn't like you were doing it to the father. Like, now you just did that to the daughter that needed... That, that could have used you at this point. Mm-hmm. And now she has to go through all these other things without you, too? Yeah. And, um, yeah, basically, because... Maya's forced to go see her because she has like a seizure related to right. her powers, mm-hmm. to the visions that she's having. And mm-hmm. her grandmother basically explains like, you come from a lineage of the Choctaw people. You know, they were like the first people mm-hmm. that had this gift and it passes down generation to generation. Um, your mother had it and mm-hmm. her mother. And that's another piece of the power. So her mother was a, was a healer. Yeah. Which we get in episode five. Right. It's like the final, final, uh, thing. Piece and, of the puzzle. Yeah. And, f- because the whole thing, Fisk is like, you can have the Empire, just come home. Right, yeah, yeah, it gives, them the, gives her the ultimatum. And she shows up at the hotel room, just ready for that action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's gonna, I do like that bit when he was like, you're gonna kill me again? Yeah, and she was just like, 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before you do that, because you do stand I, on business. When I was a boy. When I was a boy. No. <laughs> no, Fizz. Uh, episode five opens with um, you learn about Maya's mother. You learn about her power set, which, like I said, she's a healer. That's the and like I said, that's like the final. But we also piece. do find out at the episode episode four that like Fisk was furious. That, oh, that she didn't accept his offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, he genuinely, like, expected her to come. Yeah. And they're like, we were tailing her and we lost her. Like, she's not coming. And he... Does the classic Wilson Fisk just... You embarrass me in front of Vanessa. <laughs> you embarrass me. Also, which we overlooked in one of the flashbacks, he had that interpreter murdered. <laughs> Didn't he have both or just the first one? I think just the first one. But it was hilarious because she's in the and again more TVMA. She's just in the room. She's like, I promise not to tell anybody. I was like, oh crap! Like that sucks. Just shoots her off screen, wraps her up, packs her up, and he knows that Maya can't hear Mm -hmm. that happen, and he's just like, "Hmm." Mm. but yeah, he did. He did kill his dad that time. (laughs) (laughs) Who also deserved it. Um, so we get to the, the big the big festival. But yeah, the flashback. So Maya hits a woodpecker with a slingshot, takes it to her mom, and she's like, help the bird. And mm-hmm. her mom's like, did you do this? do this? And she's like... I just wanted to see if I can... And she's like, our people don't... We don't do this. Like, we protect. We yeah. protect the world. We protect the, the land. The creatures, yeah. Because the woodpeckers are like messengers for our people. Mm-hmm. Like, they carry messages and they, you know dot them into the trees and that's how our people transmitted messages to each other so don't 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 do that ever again maya has the the flashback again the car accident um which you find out that maya's mother was murdered by fisk i also think it's an effective not by fisk by like just another i also think it's an effective use of like her mother healing like the woodpecker and then go into the car accident Mm -hmm. because like in that moment it makes you realize, like, Maya probably wished that, or hoped that she'd be able to heal her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, in that instant, like, in the the, the car accident. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was a pretty, you know, powerful moment. Yeah. I mean, this, I actually, I actually do think this finale is, is, is not, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I had my, I had my doubts and my, my nervousness going into it. But, um, I mean, the big things you get out of this, you get Fisk, you know, classic suit. Again, another cliche supervillain goes to a character's, you know, one of the side characters that the main character loves and just like, ooh, I might see you later. And they just calm their spirits for a little bit. And, and he bumps into her grandmother. Yeah. And she's like, are you here for the parade? And he's like, yeah, I'm uh, just in town. I, I, I'm when interested. I was a boy. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> when I was a boy, I used to love festivals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I couldn't help notice your your sign language necklace. My niece. My niece is, is deaf. And she's like, oh, that's weird. My, uh, my granddaughter's deaf. She's also from here. You wouldn't have to be Wilson, career criminal Wilson Fisk, would you? And he's like, hmm. Hmm. Your granddaughter, huh? He's like, oh. And then, because emotion, Maya's mom, from beyond the grave, comes back to reconcile with Maya. Good stuff. I like it. Good stuff. I like that scene. Not a lot. bad. Not bad. And it's a great transition point. It's like a perfect propulsion. You know. You know. Like the. I don't know how to explain this. You know. Like the, everything does this. All the. All the shows do this. Like your propulsion into the last. You know, action set piece of the thing. Like this was a good propulsion piece to use. Well, this is the. You know, it's like an aura setting propulsion piece. This is the ascent to heroism. Right. Essentially, for her. 
She gets a suit. New suit. Mm-hmm. New suit alert. New suit alert. Um, what's the plan? What's the what's the what's the big old plan? Stop Fisk. Well, I mean, what's the villain plan? That's, that's what people care about. Do a terrorism. Do a terrorism is exactly <laughs> what the plan is. The rogue, the rogue <laughs> east, uh, Middle European or Eastern European guys back. Yeah. With a, I love. He, uh, is he my favorite character in this whole thing? <laughs> do do a terrorism. Do a terrorism. We're gonna we're gonna attack this whole thing because Maya said no, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be told no. From You're when an I echo was of all your ancestors, Maya. Huh? <laughs> say Bonnie's that, back. Say that again. <laughs> they really damsel and distressed Bonnie. A, a lot. A lot. And it just is it like Until it, they don't. Until they mm. <laughs> Alright, let's get to it. So they're gonna do a terrorism. Henry's on lookout. Great job. Great job. Good job, Henry. They all got inside, Henry. Oh, uh, the only thing that would have made this better if Henry and the and the Eastern European guy would have fought. Like fist fought and like but like I kinda it, liked Henry just shooting him from like fifty yards out. And then winking. You know what I would have liked if they did if they played it as like how they did in Iron Man Two with Happy and the one guy like they just yeah. they just fight and then Echo just clears out a group of people and they're just like I I got him. I liked her sneaking into the festival and yep. being like clearly distressed mm-hmm. about like the whole thing because like she has to sneak into like a dance presentation mm-hmm. and like she can't hear mm-hmm. so she's got to like feel everything out mm-hmm. and she just looks scared to death and then she gets into the warehouse and. There he is, mm-hmm. Big Willie style, comes over the intercom, and here he comes, sauntering into the into the room, and he's like, duh. And she, well, before this, she removed her, mm-hmm. the AR contact, so mm-hmm. he uses Bonnie to translate, Absolutely, which, yep. great, great bit of villainy there. Mm-hmm. I want your closest person to you, to translate all my frustrations. He's like, you go do I'm this gonna to have me? a question. After- you go do this to me. <laughs> I'm gonna have a question after this, but uh, Biscuit shows up and uses a monster truck to kill the kill the henchmen <laughs> or trap them. I don't know. All right, so what's Fist's big plan? Like I said, we're gonna do the terrorism, force her to join me, or no, no, this is just out of anger. Now at this point, it's just like, well, yeah, now I'm mad. say goodbye, cuz, and then God, lo- take it. You guys ever see Star Wars: The Rise, the Skywalker? <laughs> yeah, I am all the I am all the Jedi that came. I I, I am a Jedi. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what this is because Maya finds a way to channel every single one of her ancestors, which is fine. But somehow she gets to loan the powers to her cousin. <laughs> so her grandmother, sure. How does it go to her cousin? Because I thought it was just Maya's lineage. I don't know. I don't know how family trees work. I don't know, man. Ask why. It's a know. little goofy. It is a little goofy because then they all just get super strength. They start cooking. Biscuit's like, what? <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> She's 75 years old. She just lifted that man over her head. She How just body you- pressed. She just gorilla pressed this man into the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Fisk was yeah. not happy. He was beside himself. He's I also would have been. So, <laughs> like, where did this come from? And I, she- the only thing I don't that I wish we would have got, I, I wish Maya and Fisk would have like fought for a little bit. So because, did I? Because he goes to do his his pile, his just pile drive move, and then she just <laughs> oh yeah, the big the big double axe hand, yeah, the one that he killed Spider Man with, right, and, correct? And into the Spider Verse, right? And then <laughs> his signature move, and then she transports him. She Professor X's him, which. When did you get this power? I thought you just were able to... Is this emotional healing? Like, is this, like, psychiatric healing? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, she Professor X's it. And then he goes to see the wall again. At least he's a Yankees fan. That's beside the point. Wilson, enough! Enough! (laughs) Grab my hand, Wilson! (laughs) 
Maybe if I can pull you from the front. Maybe if I can pull you from your father's apartment. Maybe if I can pull you from your father's abuse, you won't turn into the kingpin, and we can leave. They they dragged poor Patrick Stewart into this. <laughs> the Illuminati part's the worst part of Multiverse of Madness. That doesn't matter to anything. But that's right exactly now. what happens. She traps him in a in his mind prison of reliving his father's abuse of his mother, and he's like, I. Just... And she says, "It's time to let go of this anger, Wilson." But Wilson. He... <laughs> but he doesn't. He's like just freaking out. Yeah, he's freaking out. Oh, and... the hammer's back. That was the thing. She. Uh, well, Fist actually does this. He gives Maya the hammer earlier in the season. Be like, if you're going to kill me, use the weapon that I used to kill him. Well, actually, Maya, I killed my father <laughs> when I was a boy. Um, and then she leaves the she leaves Fist mind present. He's like, what did you do? What did you do? So nothing changed? <laughs> Is he just the same Fisk? Just with a little more introspection? Yeah, like, what did that do for him? It freaked him out. I, but It bamboozled him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then he just leaves. Like, this is like... He just keeps yelling, what did you do? And then he gets into his escalated leaves. He just gets into... He gets into... He gets into the back of the escalator and then just leaves. And then he just runs for mayor of New York. I don't know how those things are mutually exclusive to each other, but he did, they are. He got into his escalator and then he did the, the handle burst. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm the monster. Maybe I want to run for office He's now. like... How did that turn him into a politician? <laughs> my my niece mind trapped me in my father's. Well, it doesn't anger. seem like it changed him. Well, that's one of my issues with the finale is that very thing. Like, and it's the same thing that happened in Hawkeye with the same character. They did the same thing again. The only thing that happens physically in Hawkeye is he gets shot in the face. He didn't change. Like, there's no there's no. I don't think he change. changed. No, that's well, that's my issue. Like, unless he changed, like in respect to Maya. But what? But how is that going to play into anything else? I don't think she cares. But that's not good writing. <laughs> Maybe we missed something. I think we had to have because something's not adding up because you went out of your way. And again, you made a good point before we hopped on. It felt like this show had more to it, but also not enough. Like it felt like there was something more, but All it right, felt so like it had too much of something. I don't think we missed anything because the re- here's here's what the recap says. Using her powers, Maya takes Fisk to the memory of his father beating his mother in an effort to heal his trauma and help him let go of his anger. Returning to reality, an outraged Fisk, so clearly didn't let go no. of his anger, an outraged Fisk demands to know what she did to him and leaves the festival before the police arrive. And again, that's a non-finale because Fisk does not need to be there and it's the same finale. And again, they didn't even like, I feel like they didn't reconcile anything for their relationship. Like, what in relation... You know what you could have played into and what they should have focused on? It's the father aspect because they should have played something more... They should have gotten the the actor that played her father and inserted him somehow into in the, somehow into that final scene and played off the two of those things. That might have played a little bit better of like, see, I know my father did these things, but my father cared about me. You don't actually care about me. You might think you do. But again, it's just such a non-finale. Like it's just such like a nothing. Like well, because we don't know what actually happened. Like we don't know why. Like did he honestly just leave because he was just so like bamboozled by what had happened? Like he had well, never well, again. Like yeah, he's like I've never had to fight anybody with powers. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like he never experienced something like that before. So he was just like, I gotta go. <laughs> I don't know. Him getting in the Escalade is 
so funny. I can't believe she just she legit just hit him with the Professor X like I'm trapping you in your mind prison. And then um but but then there was just no resolution. Well there rarely is when Professor X does it, so I guess that's far from Well the Professor and this is a take that we're gonna that Professor X isn't the best person. But that's 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 a conversation for another day. Wilson <laughs> Wilson <laughs> Wilson, you're better than this. But like he isn't? <laughs> but and again, it's just hilarious because alright, post credits well and Maya goes back, she has dinner with the fam. The fam. Cool. That's Echo. Uh anyway, the post credit scene. Uh Fisk is like that experience with superpowers really made me want to run for mayor. Well, he's just watching the news. Yeah, he was like, watching the news, and they were like, well, the polls are showing that, you know, somebody, you know, they're looking big... for somebody that's tough. They're looking for somebody that's not afraid to speak their mind. And then Joseph Fix like, I'm not afraid to... They said, they're looking for a real fighter. He's like, I fight. <laughs> Maybe I should be mayor. I'm him. I'm him. That's exactly what he should have said. He said, I'm a... I can fight. I'm him. And then the season should have just ended. Kingpin will return. <laughs> They're doing like a first take esque like CNN show of like the the the. I don't know what this is. This doesn't belong in this show. It just doesn't. It was weird, man. It's so, such a good post credit scene too. It's probably one of the best post credit scenes. It was we've a gotten. weird. The it's whole, just why is it here? The whole resolution was just weird. The whole thing was because it's like no, he didn't learn anything. Nothing happened. Their relation that was the whole core of this thing was the relationship between Kingpin and Maya, and nothing was resolved. Unless she just thinks it was resolved. <laughs> it's not like they can communicate about it. I mean, he's just sorry. He just left. He just let he go. No, he got put in the escalator. It was just him. He's just freaking out, and then he just goes in the escalator and drives away. And that was it. He just left, and then he's just like, you know what I'm gonna do now? I'm gonna run for mayor of New York. And they just let him leave. Oh yeah, and the police show up, and he's just gone. I don't know, man. This show was interesting. Daredevil shaking his head right now. Yeah. He let Fisk get away. <laughs> Me personally. I would also let Fisk get away. Yeah, because law, justice. That's I'm Echo. I'm so confused. Yeah, that's Echo. What have you been doing, man? Huh? That's it. That's Echo. How do you feel about it? It was fine. I think I it was, it. I, again, I think it was I fine. I loved her. Uh, there's just that, the, oh yeah, uh, uh, again, the, the, the huge wins, Alekwa Cox is just a revelation as Echo. She needs to be in more stuff. Um, I, I would go out of my way to get her and I think she is going to be in Daredevil Born Again. I do think she's going to, I hope they give her like a little arc in there. Just like a little arc. 18 um, episodes. 18 episodes. You gotta, you have to play around a little bit. We can do an Echo arc. We can do a Punisher arc, arc again. We can do a... Uh, Heroes for High. Um, maybe save that, but I do think that uh, they're going to do a little Jessica Jones We arc. can do a Jessica Jones arc. We could do Like, a... now you can actually have, you know, not filler episodes, but you can have, like, these little episodes that just take place. We can bring Nobu back. Oh, man. I love the fact that I would love Nobu to come back. <laughs> Every time he comes back, there's like... <laughs> oh, no. Nobu! This guy always kicks my ass. Worse than everybody else yeah. does. Just put the knives down, Nobu. Can we fight like men? God. <laughs> the swingy chains. Yeah. Things. You're annoying me. You embarrass me in front of Vanessa. <laughs> and Karen. And Karen. And and Electra. He Ooh. did embarrass her in front of Electra. <laughs> Ooh, we need to bring Electra back. Find a way. I don't care how you do it. Dragon Jeez. Bones. Yeah. Shang-Chi. Marvel Netflix. The Defenders. What the heck was that? Okay, I got something for you. Okay. 
Kingpin runs for mayor. What if he runs against Luke Cage? I okay. So I so I watched the Heroes for Hire episode and then I fell asleep. And then when I woke up, it was the finale. And then I forgot that Luke Cage was running the club, which might. I'm not even joking. That might be the worst character ending <laughs> in the entirety of the MCU. The biggest character is, assassination? Because it was literally everything that Luke Cage was against. And then, and then remember that bit when he showed up in season two of Jessica Jones and was like, don't be like me. I had to do this. I had no, to be, you didn't. I had to no. become the, the mob boss. Just punch the building and break it. And, and then it's gone. And Jessica Jones, rightly so, was like, what? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, goodbye. He does the, the sailor move. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I, have, I must depart now. And she's like, but you didn't do anything. And he just <laughs> turns his freaking, his petticoat and he leaves in his suit. I don't like it. Me neither. No bueno. What if he did run against Kingpin, though? Oh, Marvel's What If? What if he did run against Kingpin for mayor? And it's like a succession episode? It's just a debate. <laughs> debate episode between Mike Coulter and Vincent DiMaprio. Man. I'm Luke Cage. I, dabs when he gets out there. <laughs> when I was a boy. When I was a, when I was a boy. You know. <laughs> he said, you know, and Luke Cage would just, like, spit some, like, just some, like, alliteration or on him on appeal. Like, he would just say something very Luke Cage-esque. Method Man is the moderator. Method, <laughs> <laughs> Method Man as the moderator would be great. <laughs> Method Man and Stephen A. Smith. I forgot Stephen A. Smith was in Luke Cage. <laughs> Todd Bowles was in Luke Cage. Todd Bowles was in Luke Cage. <laughs> What was Luke Cage season two? Luke Cage season two was a fever dream. <laughs> Mariah Stokes. Bushmaster was... Oh, maybe in the top three MCU villains of all time. See, one day we're going to do an episode. We're going to call it the actuals because there's the, there's, the, there's the real answer and then there's the actual real answer. And we're going to do it for everything. Like... We're going to talk about the... We're going to do, like, the MCU. We're going to do, like, what's the, who's the best character in the MCU? And then people are going to be like, Iron Man. And then we're going to be like, who's the actual best character in the MCU? And we're going to be like... It's, Bushmaster. It's Bushmaster. <laughs> they call me Bushmaster. Remember when he just walked up on Luke Cage on the just sidewalk? Beat and the living daylights out of him. him. Oh, my God. You want to talk about standing on business? For nothing. Luke Cage was just there. <laughs> them, them think you're, you're bulletproof. <laughs> and they just demolished that man. He evaporated that man. <laughs> Danny Rand's a pothead canonically in the MCU. <laughs> he evaporated Luke Cage so hard he had to ask the Iron Fist for yeah, help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The Iron Fist suck. Or, uh, he, like, he. The Iron Fist sensed that Luke Cage he, needed he's help. He's just like, I think my black friend needs help. <laughs> huh. It's MLK Day. <laughs> you got your ass kicked by Bushmaster, did you? <laughs> Good thing my cheese working now. Remember that episode where Luke Cage and Bushmaster teamed up? Oh, I love it. That was so good. I well, that's what needs to. Ha- what did I say that needs to happen in the MCU? Two characters. No, no, no. An Avatar. Um, Korich and and Jake, Cor- and Jake Sully need to team up to take down Natiri. Yep. Yeah. Let us be on the writing team for five. All right, Echo though. Yeah, that's Echo. Wrap it up. Yeah. What have you been doing? Playing The Last of Us. No. No. <laughs> I put down Baldur's Gate 3 for a while, and I'm like, well, Last of Us Part 2's coming out. And I also will be playing The Last of Us, because The Last of Us Part 2 Remaster will be coming out... This week. This week. What day? Friday. Friday. It is almost here. And my depression's gonna kick in. Yeah, I, uh... 
talk about your experience from 2020 playing that game because you played it. You played that game fresh. You played that game when it came out. Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, um, 2020 was a great year for 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 us. For me, huh? For you know the people the what? people that enjoy being trapped inside their houses. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. Free vacation. Um, Get this guy canceled. So yeah, Last of Us Part Two was part of my just wicked game streak of 2020 where I played Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Uh, Miles Morales was in there. Mm-hmm. First um, flagship PlayStation 5, like, we're, I'm here. Ghost like, of Tsushima was, was in there. Oh. Like, Ghost of Tsushima. And then, obviously, I played Last of Us Part Two, and just... Emotionally. I've never... <laughs> i never finished a game and just been exhausted mentally, emotionally, everything. To the point where, like, I got the... Got back to the home screen, the credits rolled, and then we're like, New Game Plus, and I uninstalled the game. <laughs> I liked it. I loved it. It was just, I was just so locked in, and I was just so tired <laughs> by the time I finished it. Like, I felt that entire journey for mm-hmm. all those characters, and I have not picked it up since. Um, it's then why of, would you? It's, it's one of the few games that I've never gone back and revisited. I usually do. I usually do dip into games multiple times, um, especially ones I really like. Um, like I've played Spider-Man multiple times. I've played Miles Morales multiple times. I've played Last of Us Part One multiple times. Um, I've never gone back to the Last of Us Two since it came out. So um, excited to to re-experience it again off of after almost almost four years um, after the first time because um, it's I've never really taken that big of a break off of a game after experiencing it for the first time and then re-experiencing it. So playing part one again, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember why I really like this mm-hmm. game and this, and this series and just remembering what I can remember from last of us part two, especially the gameplay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't think they get enough credit for the, for the technical leap mm-hmm. that they made between those two games, especially like from the gameplay. I think it has as far as like those third person over the shoulder kind of, Actiony adventure games go. I think, as far as like the gameplay combat, it's probably the best of any of those. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, with just the, in terms of like the realism ones, realism, like, yeah, um, just the sheer stuff that you can do. Um, you know how you can approach like every every combat scenario is almost like a little mini sandbox. Mm-hmm. Like you can really dictate how you go yeah. about any particular encounter and you understand that from like if you've ever seen like videos of people playing like the fast-paced version like where they make those edits of them you can tell how creative you can get with it because you can really do whatever you want to kind of take down an enemy set yeah, you can set traps you can go stealth you can run and gun, gun yep like if you really want to you can do um, no bullet like no guns but like explodes like explosives and shivs yeah, so just being able to dive into all that again um, um i'm excited to do um i anticipate this will be a bit easier on me the second time like knowing everything that happens knowing what's coming as far as like the pacing of it like sure sure that's a like, good point that's being a good ready point. for the the ellie to abby transition mm-hmm. where like i didn't know quite how that was going to work the first time playing it and then i got it like i figured it out obviously you do the three days and then the three days so Knowing that that's coming, I think it'll be a little bit easier on me the second time around. Like I can like mentally be like, okay, I'm about to take over as Abby and essentially start the game over. Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Friday. I'm, ex- I'm excited to try out the, the roguelite mode um, that they're adding, especially um, coming off the heels of what uh, God of War Ragnarok did, mm-hmm. implementing their roguelite style um, with the Valhalla DLC. So like, I, I am a big fan of these bigger IPs taking a swing at like a roguelite genre, because I think it is, when it's done well, it's probably one of the best genres in gaming, because mm-hmm. it's so addicting. I was telling you about Sifu earlier, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a combat roguelite mm-hmm. like a fighting roguelite um so i i love the genre so i'm excited to give that a whirl excited to use um different characters mm-hmm. with the last of us 2 engine excited to use joel with the last of us 2 engine um, um funny enough you know who i'm looking forward to playing as uh, as lev i don't know why lev is sure. a bit enticing yeah and i know um, to um, use. what they're adding to it is is basically every character they're not just going to be skins they're going to like each hey, character is yeah, going to have their own kind yeah. of uh, definitive play style. Mel's still going to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just looking forward to finishing Last of Us Part 1 mm-hmm. in a couple of days and then get ready for this week and playing Last of Us Part 2 nice. again. I'm not looking forward one bit to playing that game because <laughs> your whole point about it's going to be easier, I think it's going to be infinitely tougher for me to play this game because I know what's going to happen. And it's not the Joel stuff that's going to happen. It's the Ellie sitting in the water at the end of that game and Ellie leaving Dina at the end of that game is going to emotionally de- demolish me by the time I play that game. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I really don't because I think that game is one of the most thought-provoking and beautiful games ever made and i just i don't want to do it again but i have to because it's my job i'm going out there because it's my job says hawkeye yep so this percy jackson show yeah is pretty dang good so this is my theory i'm obviously i'm a little bit younger than you so you had the prime of being a harry potter kid Mm -hmm. and not movie harry potter kid book Harry Potter kid. So I had, you know, the subsequent, you know, afters of that. Um, I'm obviously we're going to count out um, Chronicles of Narnia because those books were written before all of these, but I had Percy Jack. Percy Jackson was like my thing that was coming out while I was a child that I was reading and that I was invested. And I didn't love reading when I was a kid, but I loved reading Percy Jackson. And I, I had the I'm number four series is another one that I had. Um, maybe they'll do that again. But may- maybe because the movie is hmm, is something. <laughs> um, but this Percy Jackson show is is it is. I don't want to say that it's the new age Harry Potter because it has it has not earned that. Um, but they are on a phenomenal track, in my opinion. Um, it is much more faithful to the source material. And when I was a kid, I swore by those Percy Jackson movies when with Logan Lerman when I was a boy. Um, but I, I, so I, I watched the first two episodes and then I rewatched the movies and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> These are, why is he six, 16, 17 and not a boy? Because that's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, to give credit to the show, um, they're, I, I told you this. The fact that they're kids now is so great because they're going to get to grow up with these characters. And by the time they hit like, 
you know, by the time, obviously, they're going to end on the last Olympian. By the time they get to that and they're like these, you know, they're going to be like 17, 18 and they're going to be like, you know, adults. It's going to be that whole Stranger Things thing. Like maybe not ex- exaggerated. They're going to have more time. But um, I just can't wait for all the characters and, that we meet. And the subject matter matures with the with the cast. And too. that's what the Which Harry, is what happened to Harry Potter. And that's yeah. why the Harry Potter movie. Like the swing that they took to switch to Alfonso Cuaron to do one of the movies is absurd on paper but just you know so genius at the same time because the first two movies were were straight kids movies and then Alfonso Cuaron takes over and then they turned into teen movies and by the time you get to um the half-blood prince um you know these are these are just films at this point like these are just straight up you know not they're they're still YA, but they're just normal films at this point, like yeah. that anybody can consume at this point. Um, and I and I I feel like Percy Jackson might take that same approach. Um, we always say the best thing to do is have your creator on set, and Rick Riordan is is there, um, and he's an executive producer, which he was not on the movies. Um, and you can tell um, there's major characters missing from the movies. I mean, Ares is probably the biggest one that's missing from the movies, and the aura of Talia is mo- missing from the first movie as well. Um, and they immediately attack that. Um, I just, it's going really well. Um, the show is structured well. Um, you know, my favorite part about, uh, I, how familiar are you with Percy Jackson? Um, not overly, not overly. Um, the, for the, those who know that, know um, the best thing that this show is doing very well is Percy's fatal flaw. They're 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 attacking it right out of the gate, and I really appreciate that because um, that's what makes him, in my opinion, one of my favorite you know fictional characters that I grew up with. Um, it's his nobility is the thing that kills him. It's just it's the fact of the matter. It's it's who he is. He cannot help but do this. Um, his relationship with his mom's incredible. Um, and the number one thing that this gets right. And Aries really accentuates that in episode four, uh, episode five is the gods suck. Like they, they're, they're not good mm-hmm. beings. Like they, for the, like Athena gets mad at Anna, Annabeth and like purposely puts them in a scenario that could kill them. Like that's just who they are. Hashtag, like, hashtag Kratos was right. Okay. Zeus. Zeus. I'm coming for your Tim Zeus. Um, but no, this show is just, it is, it, it feels correct. Like that's sure. just, it just, it feels correct. It feels like they're on the right track. Like I said, the thing that excites me the most is the growing up with these kids and yeah. how they're going to evolve. Yep. And um, not only as like, you know, the characters, but as actors as well too. I think that's awesome. Um, the kid that plays Percy is m- maybe one of the best castings as Percy Jackson that Which you could we, ask for. We, pretty much nailed when we, we I think we coming. knew as in as soon as the Adam project came out and then after the, then this was like the first thing that popped was just like he's gonna play Percy Jackson and I was like yep that makes all the sense in the world yeah um, but you can see it and it's just it's the it's the little subtleties of this show that's just really incredible I love how uh I love his like I don't give a f- you know mm-hmm. attitude that he has yeah like, Towards the gods, mm-hmm. like when he like confronts Ares mm-hmm. and he like gets in Ares' face, yeah. and Ares is like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, "What's up, cousin?" Like I'm gonna like, he's like Ares, like I'm, you, you know what they call me, right? Like I'm literally, I'm quite literally the god of war, and he's just like, "You think that you think you think I care?" Should <laughs> like I could care less. Yeah, I love that. I love it so much. I'm I'm I've been watching it. I I really I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, I'm I'm. 
I hope this sticks around. Like, I hope this doesn't become like the Netflix thing where like yeah. the promise of like multiple seasons and then after three they're like, nah. We're I just done. they're because you know the pers- the inline books. I've it's um, Lightning Thief, Sea of Monsters, Titans Curse, um, the um, I, something Labyrinth. I don't, can't. It's escaping me. And then uh, the Last Olympian. So um, all those things are being set up. The characters are being set up. Well, like Clarice just being like. I mean, obviously Clarice is Ares' daughter, so. She's just also herself like a warmonger is great. Like it's just yeah. the just the, the the character work that they're doing is, is is pretty strong right now. So yeah. and I love the relationship between Annabeth and Percy right now. It's like and you could tell like the when they st- it's just it's great. It's just such good stuff. I think this show operates in the subtleness very, very well and operates in between the cracks. I think I like. Um that ending of episode three, um, spoiler alert, but again, it, again, this is like the first you see of Percy's fatal flaw, like he tries to sacrifice himself immediately to save Annabeth and Grover. And it's just like, man, like there's some like, like grown adult shows that can't even figure this out about their main character. And this show's figuring it out immediately. It's just, it's really good stuff. And the show looks good too. The show actually looks pretty dang good. Yeah, It does. And that's, and that's the, the, uh, the P I E the project infinite podcast. Oh, the P I P (laughs) the P I E is project infinite entertainment. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Down with PIP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, yeah say the socials. Uh, follow us on Twitter at project I project inf underscore pod. You can follow us on Instagram at the Project Infinite Pod. Follow us on Facebook also. Um, yeah, next week drop the the just Facebook. The Facebook. That's our, my plug for saying we're going to review the social network next week. <laughs> News to me. Just kidding. We're uh, trying to talk about The Last of Us, probably. Yeah. Last of Us Part 2. Remaster. Um, because I'm just saying. Even if we don't finish it, we'll still talk. Oh, yeah. We can still yeah. talk about that as a thing. Um, talk talk I, probably some Last of Us. Depending on what yeah. time, when we record next week, I might not finish it. But um, I just feel a madman rage coming upon me that will just propel me to finish this game. Happens, man. And um, I will delete myself from from society once I'm doing this. So we'll talk about the, we did talk about the first game last year ahead of the mm-hmm. uh, ahead of the show. So I'm excited to talk about um, more about part two. Um, just a I'll mention it next week too, but just a a light spoiler warning for Last of Us season two, mm-hmm. most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Slash so, three. Yeah. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to know anything, if you're one of the people that hasn't played the games and just watches the show um maybe maybe skip a bit of no next don't week. skip it you're not allowed <laughs> to skip episodes skip a bit of next week um hear us talk about the the mechanics and the gameplay and and all that stuff mm-hmm. but as far as like story story details maybe maybe yeah. skip that bit um because obviously it's gonna influence uh season two so yeah, we'll talk about then the Last of Us Part Two next week. Ooh, and our fun question is going to be who's who's more elite, Rick Grimes or, or Joel Miller? <laughs> Rick and, Grimes has the fact that his zombies are weak, but yeah. Joel has the fact that he can craft like a healing kit mid fight. <laughs> but Joel also doesn't have Shane. Yeah. <laughs> we will uh, next week. We'll. Why is he still coming? Why is he still coming? <laughs> That's the ringer, man. That's the ringer. That's that's the one that might put the Walking Dead crew over the, over the over the, next week. Next week we'll do our our five on five Walking Dead versus yes. Last yes. of Us. 
Battle Royale. <laughs> we're going to get an NBA roster of, of who would win. No, we're not putting the Resident Evil crew in there. No, it's not fair. It's not fair. That's not fair. It's not fair. It's, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're So to each team, we both get one wild card from any zombie media all, across all of time, and I know who I'm picking for my team. I know who I'm picking for mine, too. Wait, can we say it at the same, what movie it's from at the same time? Oh, I was going to gaming. I was going to game. <laughs> I'm going movies. Oh, yeah, then we're going to have different answers. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm picking... I'm picking Chris Redfield. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know who I'm picking? I'm picking Brad Pitt from World War Z. Because the fact that he outlived the first 30 seconds of that thing is, a, is insane. <laughs> Chris Redfield punched a boulder, man. He, those zombies were putting up Usain Bolt number of running. I don't sure. Like, I'm more of, like, give me whatever mutated zombie you can find. As long as it's moving super slow, it's fine. But when those zombies are putting up track star numbers, that's, a, that's an issue. Yeah. Remember that scene from World War Z where like the zombies just like walking into the glass, and I was like, "Now this is ho- this is ho- now this is what Remember I call when they're horror. climbing on top of each Dog. other, to climb over the wall. Dog. <laughs> they build like the zombie mountain <laughs> to jump over the wall. Remember when they infected themselves with the with the virus, and they're like walking through the through that little like containment unit. And Remember I was, when like, he gets that Pepsi? Because product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the power he has over Chris Redfield is the is product placement. It could be. Um, How do you say get the out of the way in Chinese? That's my biggest issue with Transformers: Age of Extinction is product placement. <laughs> yep. And 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 what's his name? And freaking what's the his name? Um, that was in the last that the last of us. That was in Deadpool too. In Deadpool, freaking you know who I'm talking about? His friend. Oh, T.J. Miller. Yeah, 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 and T.J. Miller. Those are my two bad, big problems. Bad guy. T. J. Bad guy. T.J. Miller. Um, we gotta go, man. Yeah, we do gotta go. All right, guys. Next week, Last of Us Part Two. It's gonna be fun. I don't know if it'll be fun. Yeah, it's, it'll it's be gonna, something. It's gonna be an episode. It'll be an episode. All right. This uh, is gonna be the first time I cry live on the. On the <laughs> from me, from careful, the, man. <laughs> careful, you gotta be. You gotta be real careful here, Fury. From the biscuits of the podcast. Oh, biscuits. <laughs> Fiskins is cool, man. You could have just gave me Fisk and I would have been happy. No, no, no. Why is he getting the Escalade? He just, he just leaves. He just, he just left. He just said, I'm, y'all take it easy. I'm out. He didn't learn anything. He just got more trauma. Maya actually did the most evil thing a hero's done to anybody ever. She made the villain relive trauma and just, he just left. I don't know what that was. He just, he just left. What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? What did she do to me? <laughs> As they're ushering him out the room. What did she do? And I'm telling you, it's just even funnier because he's like, you know what? I'm going to run for a minute. It's like, okay, that's fine. Have fun. I don't know what that was. What if Daredevil finds out the reason that Fisk is running to ruin his life is because Echo showed him a childhood trauma? I don't know. I saw she, you is she just going to do that to everybody now? I saw you coming from a mile away. You embarrass me in front of Vanessa. I do like that he went for the big, the big overhand punch. Yeah, yeah. And she was just like intercepting. <laughs> <laughs> then she hit him. She gave him like the. She did like the Doctor Strange like third eye opening, mm-hmm. and then and he was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> that was almost like when Bucky got his arm taken off, just immediately deleted from the fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he came over the top, and she hit him. Like, the that chest. was like very Mantis esque. Like, yeah. you're done. And then you're she done. hit him, like, in the chest, and he just, like, sunk. Collapsed. And then she got him in the forehead, and he was like, Whoa. Not the wall that I had to look at when my father used to beat me. And my mom. And my mom. 
Ugh. What did you do? What did you What did you do? I had to. No, you didn't. <laughs> All right, guys. We gotta go. We gotta go, man. We gotta go, man. Maybe we'll do a Jeffrey Wright episode. <laughs> well, we did one this week. No, 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 no. Like we talked a, about what if? No, we're just gonna talk about Jeffrey Wright. Ah, let's go. Like the life, the life of Jeffrey Wright. No, he's not dead. He's awesome. I know, but I'm just saying, like his movies are just him, the person. It would be funnier if it was just him as a person. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright was born. And... <laughs> it's a biography episode of Jeffrey Wright. This is biography, <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotta also narrate it for himself. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about Jeffrey Wright next week with the last. Oh, one. we are gonna talk about Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, oh man, I love Jeffrey Wright. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. How did this turn into a Jeffrey Wright episode? I don't know. Look inside your mind. <laughs> but this, what but the I... hell is this? <laughs> All right, Who's we're... speaking? <laughs> what did he? <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> what I would give to experience episode eight of What If season one one more time for the first time. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Peace.